They want to drop a gay bomb. Holy mother of God. I feel the same way. What a prick. <laughs> you go, girl. He would just be sectioned because he's fucking his cousin and he's talking backwards constantly. I could be playing with my wooden soldier right now. I do not accept that you are doing this to me. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you pussies, move! Hold it together! Welcome to people time. Ah, oh, we got our dabblers in the house. Hey, dabs. I'm so excited. By the way, I know you guys have probably listened to our episodes, oh, you know, three, four, five times over, and we get new episodes every week, but you're probably wondering, what do I do on, you know, the downtime when I'm not listening to people time and I want to listen to something new? Yeah. Well, I say, listen to Knackers in the Breeze. Who's that? Knackers in the Breeze? Well, they're in England, and they are hilarious. They have a podcast. They talk about all these questions that can help solve the problems of philosophical things. Oh my, I believe they are attempting to gain philosophical enlightenment, if I'm not mistaken. I think you are absolutely correct. Yeah, and they go about it in an odd fashion, and I believe that's going to actually work, because everybody else has tried and they fucked up. Yeah, and you can send in a question to them, and they'll answer it. That's right. They'll answer your questions. You know who won't? Us. The Buddha. Oh. Or anybody else. Yeah. They're actually attaining enlightenment, so... Yeah. Get out, hop on that train. But I've got even a bigger surprise for you. For me? Yeah. What? We've got Knackers in the Breeze in the house on this episode. They're in your house right now. Hey! <laughs> Holy <laughs> mother of God! Hell yeah. Time. How did they get uh, in your house? the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, by the way, what's your name today? Uh, I am Ghostface Hugger. Ghostface Hugger? Yeah. Well, how about our Knackers and the Breeze guys? What's your guys' names? Uh, I am Knackboy Slim. Knackboy oh, Slim. <laughs> and I am Count Nacula of Transal Breezia. <laughs> oh my god. That's an interesting name, shit. All credit to Ryan for that one. Yeah. Well, I'm Showboating Thomas. Showboating. <laughs> Not to brag. Not to but uh, check out this boat though uh. we are the greatest podcast out there with knackers in the breeze yeah welcome back to the continued love affair of knackers in the people breeze time yeah you could watch the love affair on youtube right now but you have to sign in because it's over 18s only <laughs> yeah and pay a two dollar you know fee yeah or just email me i'll let you in at whatever age <laughs> it's terrible <laughs> well great well uh do you have a fun fact for us Oh, fuck yeah. So, uh, this is just a quick thing I found that excited me. So, back in 1994, the Navy had a like investigative science department in the Wright Lab in Ohio. And they wanted to develop bombs for war times that would not kill the enemy, but disabilitate them. That's weird, okay. And what they came up with was a bomb that would be made out of female pheromones that would make the soldiers... This, this isn't true. No way. <laughs> Is this, this sounds like, uh, what's his name? Alex Jones or something. Making the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. George Soros. <laughs> uh, oh my God. Is this, is this actually Alex Jones? I remember him saying, they want to drop a gay bomb. Again, gay bomb. And he kept saying gay bomb. <laughs> they want to drop a gay bomb on the United States. <laughs> now we know what he was talking about. Yeah, they well, did drop so a gay bomb. So wait, is this real? So, like they actually try to do this? Yeah, they was applied a for. Was the ever dropped? No, they they applied for funding, and obviously uh, 
better minds prevail, I guess, because everyone was like, what the fuck are you talking about? They wanted, they wanted the gay bomb, but you said, no, you're a C-bomb, so get out of here. Dropping the C-bomb <laughs> oh. drop does a lot more destruction than the gay bomb. <laughs> a bomb full of cunts. What I don't understand is Sorry. we already have a gay bomb. I mean, his name is Elijah Wood. Oh, yeah. I can't help myself around. Yeah. Yeah. Around him. Is he also on the podcast? Elijah gives me wood. <laughs> oh, those eyes, man. I'm getting hot thinking about it. Okay, we got to oh, change the subject. Frodo, give me your ring. Give me your ring. <laughs> but uh, this same program tried to make a bomb that would, like, uh, attract bees. Or a bomb that would attract bees. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> or just make people generally confused. Is that a flowery smelling bomb? Just... See, really nice. It's all just a bunch of dipshit ideas that some guy was like, what if we just have a bomb and like, there's like bees and stuff and then they like have their dicks out. No, like, no, I've got it. So <laughs> I'm going to make a bomb that smells like um, vagina. So that way when we drop it on the men and they go home to their wives, they're like, who have you been with? I can smell it all over you. And we win the war. <laughs> Jesus, it's beautiful. <laughs> just, that's they weird. We should do more like, like war tactics in a stoner circle. That's genuinely where yeah. they come up with that idea. Guaranteed. Just a room full of smoke, a hazy smoke, and red eyed sort of teenagers coming up with their leading the war effort. That's basically World War One right there. The problem is they don't write it down, coming so they always forget it. And it's just yeah. like bonging. Yeah, the one thing they wrote down was like, dude, like, what if we like fucking all make them faggots? <laughs> Ooh, that'd be fucking crazy. That'd be fucking crazy, dude. All right, well, that's a pretty good fun fact. I like that. It's awesome. Yeah, I wish they had made it, but, you know. Mm, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, you could drop those bombs on me. Yeah, they, I'll I mean, try it out. It exists. <laughs> go, to the, go to the gay bar, have a couple of AMFs, and there you go. You bomb your way into a new life. Well, knackers, feel free to jump in any time while we're talking about the story of Charles de Gaulle. Is that how you say it? I don't know if I say it very well. That This is actually a request from Knackers in the Breeze. Holy shit. Oh, my God. And you know what? At first, I thought you were going to hate this one, and now I think you're going to love this one. Who, me? Yeah, you. <laughs> I love everything that's going on here. He's French. Fuck him. See? I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way. What a prick. <laughs> right? He was born, and everybody hated him, and then he died, and nobody cares. Uh, not exactly, <laughs> well, but Well, I yeah. like him. Episode over. <laughs> All right, good episode, guys. All right, well, yeah, we'll do in Charles de Gaulle. I, I'm probably not saying his name right. Yeah, I feel like I've heard it uh, say Charles de Gaulle. Gaulle. Charles de Gaulle. Yeah, de Gaulle. De Gaulle. It's just my accent. Don't worry about. It. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I, uh, yeah, so he was born in November 22nd of 1890. Kind of just give a little bit of background with his father. His father's name was Henry. Uh, he came from a long line of parliamentary gentry. Mm. Those are fancy people mm. for, you know, they've had some sort of uh, higher status. It's cocksuckers is what you're saying. You're saying cocksuckers. <laughs> but high status cocksuckers. The best kind. Yeah. And so I also came from military background. He was in the Franco-Prussian War himself. Ooh, neato. Which didn't go very well for France. So. Well, don't fuck with the Prussians. France. Yeah. It never seems to work out for them. Well, yeah. <laughs> when he got back from uh, when he got back from the war, he married his first cousin, which is Woo! where we're gonna end up meeting our <laughs> star of the episode. That's everybody's dream. That's all I knew about him, and that's why I requested him. <laughs> so yeah, so Charles cousin is fucker. One of five children. Um, so even though they were cousins, they didn't have a problem getting it on often. It sounds like you know, whatever. 
I mean, who can, you know, you can't really keep your hands off your cousin. <laughs> and his father was very about history and learning and education, and we lost that one war that I was in, so we got to redeem ourselves because France is great. He was really big on to sure. all of that and wanting them to debate and get into philosophy with each other. So We, have, we haven't lost every single war up to this point Ooh. and the future. And don't forget, they helped us with America, man, against... Well, sorry. Sorry, knackers. <laughs> Oops. Bastard French. I'm sorry. Yeah. If it wasn't for them, I don't think I don't think the uh, colonies... You'd America still be a colony would... right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The way you should be. <laughs> the queen would still be on her money. Hey, I'm all about joining back up with Britain. I don't think they want I us anymore. I know where you stand on that. I know. <laughs> they don't want us, though, I don't think. I, don't... I wouldn't want us either. God, fuck, I don't want us. Nah. <laughs> America's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Just waiting for one of them to go, no, no, we do want you. No, no, no. Nah, yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> Silence? Oh, uh, okay. May, uh, maybe maybe soon? Uh, yeah. guys, we'll it, get back it, to you. We'll call you about that. <laughs> we'll call you. Don't call us. Yeah, yeah you, got, you got my number. Right, if I don't hear for like three days, I'll, I'll call, yeah? Okay. No? Yeah, yeah Insta- we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> do you have an Instagram or any... <laughs> Well, <laughs> just stalk them. Just, it's Look. just U.S. has a Facebook page and then England has a Facebook page. You can just see U.S. liking all of the U.K.'s <laughs> stuff at 2 in the morning. Just like, like and all their... Russia okay. has sent you a nudge. <laughs> <laughs> you are in a complicated relationship with China. <laughs> oh, that's so true. It's more like we're China's bitch, I think. Hmm. Who is it? Well, Charles' childhood consisted of uh, hanging out with his siblings, he liked to play pranks with them, on them, I mean, and he wasn't considered the smartest of his siblings, but he wasn't necessarily considered dumb either. Hmm. Um, but he had a natural leadership about himself, so much so that, like, he'd make his he'd make his siblings do things, like, he decided he was going to invent his own language. Yep, he's one of those nerdy kids. Uh, did he invent French? <laughs> he took the French language and just did it backwards, and he's like, that's the language, and then he made his siblings learn it fluently. They didn't want no. to, but what he did. A waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's more audible. You'd be able to understand it better if they do it backwards. Uh, do they still? Do they now pronounce the letters or no? <laughs> yeah. But like, if he wasn't a parliamentary sort of high-class uh, dignitary kind of guy, he would just be sectioned because he's fucking his cousin and he's talking backwards constantly. You know, how <laughs> well, I mean, it? we've got Trump and Boris Johnson in power. I mean, uh, surely. <laughs> like, yeah. Both right. of those are doing the exact same thing. Exactly. I doubt they'd be able to invent a language, though. Yeah, they're not, they're not as clever as de Gaulle. Although Boris Johnson does speak his own little language, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to get yeah. Brexit done. <laughs> that guy's a fucking failed Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Jesus. That's the best description I've heard of him. Oh, no, yeah. He's a Muppet. He's a <laughs> no, simpleton. No, Jim Henson wouldn't even take him. He's rejected, and they threw him out, and now he's the fucking prime minister. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't get that. Do those two hang out, by the way? Anyone know that? Who, Trump and Boris? Yeah. Well, I mean, for like... Yeah, I've seen them together, and they get on, like, scarily well. Yeah, I, I mean, I imagine. I, I can just see both of them just, one of them farts, the other one laughs, and then they kind of just nod at each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Boris just farts, and then Trump just goes, that's the best fart ever. <laughs> Huge. Ask, the anyone, ask anyone, any of these guys, they love that fart. Huge. <laughs> that fucking sucks, man. 
Because remember back when things were like serious yeah. and world leaders would have meetings and you'd be like, well, I bet that's some heavy shit going on in that room. And now we know they're just fucking dicking off. Definitely. You know, yeah. Following each other on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Well, anyways, to get back oh, into the story. Hold <laughs> <laughs> it together! What are we doing? <laughs> oh, no. Take control, showboating Thomas. <laughs> when the apocalypse happens, make sure to subscribe to People Time and Knackers in the Breeze. So that way you're getting all of the episodes. Yeah. Go eat your neighbor. For those two don't correlate. When you subscribe to him, when you subscribe to us, it's not the world is ending because of that. No, no, you, you're right. Once, you know, once just the uh, high leaders that we were just talking about have ended the world, you know, and you're got to go eat people eat, yeah, eat to survive. Neighbors. But you also need entertainment, we'll right? we'll finally get so. some subscribers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when Charles was about 10 years old, he loved to learn and read. He was actually a really big reader. He liked to read military strategy, medieval history. He liked to read all the things you would think a military person would like to read, kind oh, of. Klaus Witz? Yeah. Etc. Sun Tzu? Sure. Way to go. Probably. But it's translated into French, so it's shit. Oh. So, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and he used to play with his toy soldiers with his siblings, and apparently his siblings said that he would do it with such intensity and such seriousness because it was all about, I gotta get the best strategy and tactic. <laughs> I just see it with army yeah. guys like, Ugh! <laughs> ah! I get you out! Ah! Yeah. Like, oh my god, such intensity. But you gotta do it in French, so you gotta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How old? Yeah. How old is he at this point when he's playing with his toys and doing all these things? Twenty. Well, I don't know if he ever stopped. He's ten right here. Twenty-five. <laughs> okay. Maybe thirty, forties. Huh. But yeah, when he gets into his teens, he actually begins to start writing. Like he like writes poetry and stuff. Kind of similar. He he reminds me a lot of. Patton and uh, oh. Ike yeah. of our previous episodes. So they both did the same thing. They, they got really into writing, poetry, or, or at least books. Winston Churchill was a world-famous, and still is, world-famous author. He's a great writer. I don't so know there's something about you go be in the military and go be a tough person, and then you also need to write about your feelings, which is awesome, but strange, because mm. it's just not something I normally picture. What mm. sort of poetry was he writing? Was it haikus or limericks? Was it like a dirty limerick? <laughs> I would guess a dirty limerick. Well, he's French. It was backwards. It was backwards, so you, no one knows what it said. There once was a man from Paris. <laughs> once was a woman from Paris who had an Eiffel Tower up her Aris. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not as good at poetry as uh, Charles de Gaulle. We're all waiting. I liked it. I think I think you keep going. What do you got? Uh, I'm just trying to think of arse-related uh, puns. <laughs> <laughs> we get enough of it on our podcast, ask related. Yeah, puns, that's very true. Related questions, it's full stuff, of ass. So we we should be fluent in our speak now. Yeah, oh, no, we are. Favorite. Unfortunately, <laughs> but Barry has brought his guitar with him, so he might be able to uh, provide us with a little song. Yeah, oh. maybe uh, for, if we do another episode, I'll uh, have a song written about there we go. a reflection on Charles de Gaulle. And his oh, puzzle. beautiful! That'd be great. I want it. Uh, yeah, take all that I've learned and condense it into a minute and a half ditty. Perfect. A whole musical. Oh. <laughs> whole musical three. Yeah, three Charles Gaulle album. You need to produce a whole guy. I'll do the choreography for the dance. Mm. <laughs> it'll all be hip hop. <laughs> hip hop on it. Okay. It'll be like it'll be like Hamilton, but less ridiculous. Well, Charles got really into uh, Greek philosophy as well. He liked to read about that. He liked to read 
other Shakespeare plays. This is what he probably was getting him into writing poetry. Yeah, I guess every yeah Shakespeare. Yeah, he does that to everybody. I like Shakespeare. Yeah, I don't understand it, but I think it's fun. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I love it. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, it's just it. great. There's a lot of there's sword fights. There's talking. Start watching Japanese films with the subtitles off. You just like, I enjoyed it. No idea what they said. No yep. idea what happened. Yeah. But it was pleasant. I had a great fucking time. Yeah, exactly. Well, Charles and his family moved from where they were originally staying. It was uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Lil L I L L E. Lil. Oh yeah. Lil. That's not too far from uh, us, actually. Oh wow! Oh really? Go across the channel to Calais, and it's like a yeah, an hour down the road. Well, I think they moved further away from you towards because they moved to Paris, so they yeah, they were closer. Mm. Maybe you guys smell funny. I don't know. Surrender capital, the weird we of the world. Do. Or maybe they smell funny and they knew it, so they're like, we got to get further away from knackers. <laughs> they smell like fucking cheese. But he continues his education <laughs> in a private Catholic <laughs> school, and uh, while he's in school, Charles wrote an essay called General de Gaulle, which was. Basically, him imagining himself uh. leading the French army to victory over Germany. Ah! Foreshadowing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, spoiler alert. You showboating motherfucker. Ah, I am the best, though, so what do you want? At the time, Charles uh, was not considered uh, a high-end student. He wasn't terrible. He was mediocre. But he wanted to join this military academy called saint Cyr which is an academy that was actually founded by Napoleon back in 1802. Oh, weird. Isn't that crazy? I didn't know he funded... Just never heard of him. There hasn't been a people time on him, so how am I supposed to know who he is? That's oh. actually correct. We have to do Napoleon. Oh, I'm still doing research on him. <laughs> God damn another, it. Another request. <laughs> <laughs> We've been caught in our old web of, of inferiority. <laughs> uh... Yeah. <laughs> So Charles, he worked harder in school because he knew he, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't hitting top rank and he wanted to go to this special academy. So he works harder and he does. It pays off. He He's able to get a spot within the school. However, he has to first do a mandatory one-year military before they take anybody. That's like a thing? Yeah, if you want to go into this military academy, you have to at least do some military work. Yeah, that actually makes sense. You don't have to be military to go to a military academy in america but that makes more sense over there like i can't imagine them like saying no i don't want to do any military stuff like <laughs> i want to yeah. be in the military all right before you do that you're gonna to have to do some military stuff no what? no oh, thanks yeah. what the fuck is that <laughs> i didn't sign up for this <laughs> i just want to know the stuff i don't want to actually go into the military oh, i just want to play with my fight guy toys in school <laughs> and win i want to play my wooden soldier uh, not again charles put it away I'm a general. Stop. <laughs> well, I will be. He's standing to attention. Stop talking backwards, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but he was kind of mediocre in his uh, placements when he first got in. He was uh, 119th out of 221 was his kind of scoring, because I guess you have to take a test before you actually get in. Sure. Um, so he goes okay. and does the one year of the military work um, before he actually goes into the classes. He joins what's called the 33rd Infantry Regime. And it's like kind of a well-known regime, I think definitely now, but I think even back then it was kind of considered to be like a pretty good a unit to be a part of. It's a good, it's a good, good fight, good fights, guys. Way to fight wars. <laughs> <Yeah>. Good wars <laughs> fight. 
but yeah, so while he's there, it's not uncommon for people in their first year to rank up. They'll usually get to sergeant. And so while he was there, he was promoted to corporal, but didn't make it to sergeant. And when he asked, like, his superiors, why didn't I get sergeant? <laughs> their response back was, would you have me nominate to a sergeant a boy who would only be at ease as the grand constable? Basically, he's saying, like, yeah, Charles is would be unsatisfied even until he got to, like, the highest ranking. He was very hard to work and be around, apparently. I would imagine. And yeah, so he's always like a prick. big ego. Uh, just always dick. going around going, inferior, just inferior, inferior. <laughs> Unbelievable. I can play with my toys better than them. <laughs> <laughs> I could play, be playing with my wooden soldier right now. <laughs> yeah. Which is also I inferior. Can <laughs> I can't even talk French backwards, not even a little bit. <laughs> But uh, near the end of his first year in military, Charles made a, a mocking remark against the military-ish, kind of, saying that the most valuable lesson he learned in the military was that if you did the exact opposite of what you were told to do, you would progress well in the military. Basically saying, like, he did everything correctly and he just didn't progress, but those who, you know, did whatever they felt like, they seemed to get all the, the glory. Oh, that's like ominously similar to like Trump and Boris Johnson, isn't it? Mm, break the rules. Break the rules and make the rules. <laughs> My fucking mm. rules. Yeah. Yeah, De Gaulle style. That's just a, such a thing that a, a an entitled prick would say. Like, yeah, they do it that way, but I do it the way I do it. I do it the right way. I do it the good. I'm the guy. If it hasn't become clear yet, I probably should mention he has a, a pretty big ego. One of the biggest, I would say, that I've... Uh... For people we've researched and stuff, he's not that he can't back it up though. We'll we'll continue on and you'll you'll see what's going on in the story. Showboat motherfucker. Charles was eventually promoted to sergeant, so it was after he returned and then was in school, so he got his sergeant ranking eventually. Hmm? And uh, at Saint Cyr, he ended up taking another test, which placed him at forty fifth in the class. Ooh. So he's kind of going up the. You know. Oh, he's good for him. Yeah. You go, Charles. You go, uh, he's, buddy. He's winning, he's winning me over. He's winning me around with his self-belief. <laughs> his brain's getting bigger. So yeah, ego pants. and brain. And his wooden soldier. <laughs> <laughs> Fixated on the wooden soldier. I love it. Wait, is that weird that I said I love it? Do you love a wooden soldier? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I think you love one in your pants. Hmm. Yeah. And it's Charles <laughs> running around with him in his pants. I'm the, I'm the smartest. I'm the best. Pants full of soldiers. <laughs> while, while he's in the academy, he received a, a strange nickname. Soldier pants. Le Grand Esperge. <laughs> which is, in English, the great asparagus. What? Asparagus? <laughs> no. Yeah. The reason why is because what? he was he was six foot five. Oh, or for you uh, oh. English chaps over there, he was 196 centimeters. Do you guys use centimeters or meters? Meters, I think. Uh, we're we're a bit in between. We we do like height wise, we do like six foot something. When it comes to height, is feet and inches. Yeah. But then if something was like further away, we'd say oh, it's about ten meters away. Yeah. What? We don't know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, we don't know what the fuck. And if we're playing <laughs> any sport, we do it in yards. And then if it's really far away, we say miles. It's like it's, uh, it's you guys just pick and crazy. choose. Yeah. No, we pick the worst things of each ones. <laughs> I thought you yeah. guys used uh, kilometers. I didn't think anybody fucked with miles. Yeah. No, we no, we fuck with yards and miles. Yeah. We Whoa! we 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 make ourselves confused more than we should. We do a little bit of both, and no one really understands any sort of distance That's... here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know anyone who says like, "Oh, that's so many kilometers away." 
No, you but say we'd miles. always say like, oh, it's about twenty meters away. But we'd always say like, oh, he's about he's about six foot high. We'd never say like. And then interestingly, when we talk about dick sizes, it's always inches. Yeah, always. <laughs> it's never centimeters. I have but, to go more microscopic. But we should go centimeters because you can foot. get more centimeters into an inch, so it would yeah. sound a lot bigger. You could yeah. say oh. I've got a twenty centimeter penis rather than you know five oh, inches, whether that is six inches, the equivalent. Yeah. Food for thought. Food I'm going to change mine to centimeters now. We really should. Yeah. I'm five centimeters. How far away is that? It's about seven dicks away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just use measurements in dicks. Just yeah. it's about twenty yeah. dicks away. I've just done. A, I've just yeah. done a simple calculation. If you have a five-inch penis, it's a twelve-point-seven centimeter penis. That sounds. That sounds a lot yes, more impressive. I've got a four-centimeter dick. <laughs> What's that in millimeters? A four-centimeter. One hundred and twenty is one point five inches. Yeah, it's 120, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna start so... measuring shit in dicks. That's fucking fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a 10 dick tall gentleman. <laughs> 10 and a half dicks. <laughs> Roughly. My nephew's only four dicks high. <laughs> That's a really good point. The great asparagus himself. <laughs> How big was his dick? Wow, you've grown two dicks since I've last seen you. <laughs> <laughs> One out of your head. <laughs> Dickhead. My wife's breasts right. are about four dicks around. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, so I'm sorry. So Charles, uh, yeah, he got the nickname... The- the great asper- asparagus and, and again this, uh, this isn't because his pee smells this is a yeah, no it's just because of how tall he is All right. <laughs> so yeah he's a monster dude he's, he towers over everybody look at my toys <laughs> so he starts doing better in the academy he keeps trying to improve himself trying to improve his knowledge and his studies so uh he does get a lot of praise actually for his conduct his manners his intelligence character military spirit resistance to fatigue he just Oh, I'm gonna keep going, and everyone else is tired, and he doesn't give a fuck. I'm gonna keep fuck those guys. They're all sleeping or, or fuck whatever. Yeah. He just keeps going. Sounds, definitely not like that. He sounds little, like a superhero. Any any like speck of fatigue, I'm in bed. Straight a speck away. of fatigue. <laughs> speck of fatigue. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> he does sound like a superhero. Six foot five, just monster running around. Yeah, the great yeah. asparagus. <laughs> How tired are you? About three dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Stop measuring everything in dicks. It doesn't make sense. Well, after taking about three dicks, you get tired. I don't know. That's just a different way to measure. I mean, you, yeah, I could take two dicks just fine. All, all day. Dick three, though. It is Saturday. Oh, yeah, God. it's the weekend. <laughs> two dicks in the morning. Just wake you up a bit. Yeah, I got to have about two dicks of coffee in the morning to get going. Two dicks of coffee. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> How much you can fit inside a dick? Like... Never mind. Anyways. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I just like uh, imagining you measuring something inside a dick. So that means you're just going to have to go in. And I don't want to like <laughs> describe the logistics of something it's going too in much. A dick. It's like, yeah, do you, no. do you, is it like a sucker where you have to like squeeze it and then you put it into the coffee? And then, then you're like, that's about one dick. <laughs> I don't know best. how that works. <laughs> that sound is horrific, by the way. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> This is, yeah, the ASMR podcast has gone slightly off track. <laughs> <laughs> well, about 19, uh, about 1,912 dicks after the birth of Christ. Um, <laughs> Charles is 22 exactly years old. I what you mean there. <laughs> 1912. Wait, how many, how many dicks is that? Yeah, one for each year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Charles graduates from the military academy. 
He's 13th in this class, so he went wow. from being like 119th to 45th, and hey. now he's 13th. Oh. Asparagus man! <laughs> Everyone's scared of him. <laughs> and he got high remarks. He was told he was a gifted cadet who would undoubtedly make a great officer. Woo-hoo. I don't know why I did that accent. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, do it like do it like the French, like... Ugh. Yeah. You'll probably make a great. I can't do a French accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, like. <laughs> oh, I don't know how to. Uh, that's probably a really ter- terrible thing to do. A, I don't. I... A stereotypical, not like American doing a French person accent. Well, that's because a French accent, you don't actually sound like a French person. You just go. Oh, Only all. It's terrible. Well, I don't know. We've got British folks who probably listen to more French people than we do. What's your guys' French accent? Accent. We don't actually speak to the French at all. <laughs> I can... We go to the border and just turn our backs on them. I can see, we can see French. We can see the coastline and we turn our backs on it. We d- don't look at it. <laughs> right, right. We don't, sorry, we don't speak foreign. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it. Yeah, you guys. I am so stoked that that's the case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, all right. Oh, guys, uh, Barry's gonna have to shoot off. I've got to go, and I, I, I hate this. I hate it. No, we I'm love you, Barry. Go, and um, I will be listening to this when this goes live, and I don't know what happens next. He's a giant I, I asparagus. I can't believe I have to leave it. It's just getting really exciting, and I don't, I don't know what's, what the world holds for this man. So I will be listening, and I love you guys, and I will uh, speak to you very soon. I adore you both. And uh, in the words of uh, Charles de Gaulle. Uh, Rios Nob. That's bonsoir backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. You've exceeded my expectations. Goodbye, Barry. <laughs> oh. Thanks you. for being on Bye. the episode, man. Godspeed. Well, so Charles, he actually, we just said that he, he graduates from his military school and he's going to join up in the 33rd Infantry again. So where he was before, he's like, I'm going to go back there. That sounds awesome. I'm going to go work my way up the ranks through the 33rd Woo! and he gets stationed in Arras France and is he's following this colonel named uh Patane sure and like the uh, like the banana Patan. Patan that's right Patan is it is it Marshall is it yeah Marshall? you already know about him yeah Michel Patan yeah, yeah he's a pretty well-known figure as well and we'll get a little bit into that as well well we haven't people tied him so as far as I'm concerned he's a you said plantain, like the banana? No, no. Patane. <laughs> Patan. Charles Patan. Mar- Marshall Patan. Marshall Banana. So, so and, and Charles respects There's banana it. and asparagus. <laughs> mm-hmm. Banana and asparagus. There's the duo. And they're going to win the French war. Sounds like a terrible thing to eat together. Hmm. Your pee is going to smell weird. And you're going to have a lot of potassium. Get out of here, Nazis. So, he, Charles... Potassium. Respects potassium. Nazis fucking hate potassium. They do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Big time. Oh yeah. Yeah. They tried to put all the potassium in concentration camps. Oh. Tried anyway. So did you say his name is pronounced Patan? Patan? Uh yeah, Patan. Patan. So Patan is uh he's Charles respects admires him loves him to death he he says that um, Patan taught him how to be a commander, like how to command in the military. And they have lots of discussions about tactics, military, how they're going to go about winning wars in the future. Aww. Yeah, they both kind of feed off of each other. <laughs> that's so cute. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> which, which genocide are you going to uh, be in charge of? <laughs> Aww. 
<laughs> we can do it together. Aww. We can we can quell the Algerian. <laughs> <laughs> Think of all the misery. Oh, let's have a cuddle. <laughs> is that your toy soldier there? So Charles is seen by other people as being very confident, very arrogant, and he moved with purpose. And if you ever watch a video of this guy walking around, like he's not he's not fat by any means. He's really tall, but he like walks like a machine. It looks like he's like weighs a ton, even though he's not fat. He just he just like steps around very I don't know purposefully, I guess. All right. Yeah. It's a good way to present yourself when you have a teeny little penis and you're like no i'm the best when people call you asparagus and you have to stomp your way around like all mad this is stupid well i think we've established on the show that i'm small i'm a small person so that's actually how i walk i walk around like fuck you i'm huge inside (laughs) but he also has i mean he he's my mom said he's kind of cold he doesn't necessarily he kind of rubs people the wrong way he's not everybody likes being around Charles, even though he's he says a lot of stuff that's smart and people agree with that, but they just don't like his attitude, really. So that's yeah. kind of his personality. It's a lot like Pat. That sounds like a lot of generals you guys like do people times on. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. They all kind of... They're generally unlikable. Patton. A lot of people didn't like being around Patton. Fuck that guy. But Charles is promoted to a lieutenant. Um, hey, do you know who's the best? Me. Me. Hey, what's up? I'll get all these guys in the same room, and you'll see what happens, yeah. He's 23 years old. He gets promoted to first lieutenant. And a year after that, in 1914, World War I breaks out, as we all know. And Charles and the rest of the 33rd uh, Infantry Regiment were deployed to a place called Denant uh, in Belgium in order to stop the German advancement in that region. So Charles, uh, when he gets deployed to Belgium, during he goes into battle, and... Um, they were sending a lot of units in to like, do bayonet charges, which is kind of strange because Charles isn't a fan of this. He's like, well, I think we want to go mechanical. We want to go with like oh. tanks and infantry very, to support. Very Patton-esque. We should have the robots doing the bayonet charges. Yeah. You know what I like? Drones. On robot horses. <laughs> <laughs> and so when he's thrown into action, he's immediately shot in the knee. Of course. <laughs> and goes to the hospital <laughs> to go recover. And he only stays in there for a month. Should have been a robot. But uh, he goes back out, and he comes back to find that most of his men and his captains, his fellow captains, have all been killed. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Oh, Christ. So he comes back, and he's like, oh, Jesus. And while he was in the hospital, he's actually complaining about how their tactics were and how he had a better idea to do everything. So he pulled out his wooden soldiers from his pants, and he was like, okay, if it, listen, look, let me set them up. If we were this way, I got him. Now, where's my, where's my robot toy soldier? Who's taking it? Where are my Transformers? Where are my Transformers? <laughs> this would have been so much better. So if Buzz just came in this way and Woody came in that way, this whole war could have been won by now. <laughs> See, what would have happened is I would have transformed into a dragon and this shit would be done. Yeah. Yeah. And he probably was wishing he was a robot too himself because while he goes back into battle after recovering, he then gets shot in the hand. Jesus, dude. And then that puts him into the hospital for four months because it gets infected. Uh. So he's built, you know, he's, he's seen battle, but he keeps keeps getting hurt. <laughs> so is he like, is he kind of like Patton where he's up front more often than he should? And that's why oh, he's yeah. getting shot? Well, he's, I mean, he's still low ranking military, but he's like, he's in the main battle that's going on in Belgium. Oh, right that's, now. oh that's right. I was thinking he's like a commander. But so he's in there and he's just like, 
he gets stabbed, he gets shot, he gets all sorts of stuff happens. Like, so for instance, when he comes back again, after he gets shot in the hand, he goes to the hospital for four months, comes back, and he's now in command of what's called the 10th Company. It's about like 100 to 150 men that he's uh -huh. in command of. And he's commanding this company, and they actually get surrounded by the enemy. And he's like, oh, crap, we got to get out of here. So he's like, all right, I'll just tell all my men to charge forward, and let's hopefully get out of being surrounded. <laughs> not... But at the same time, they start shelling poisonous gas at them. So he bombs? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> and so he comes out, uh, inhaling a lot of the gas. He starts to feel sick, gets stabbed in the thigh by a bayonet, and then passes out from the gas and is captured. Wow. That's fucking war, man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, after you sucked balls. <laughs> yeah. If I was a robot, oh, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to tell everybody that nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> fuck me again. Oh, well, let's just do it. Let's just do what you guys want to do, and we'll just get shot and stabbed. Oh, fine. Yeah, that's great. Hmm. We should have all been on segways. <laughs> 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 so Charles spends thirty-two months in German prisoner of war camp. Thirty-two Sorry. months. Thirty-two months. Yeah, that's two years and eight months. How many is that in dicks? Uh, about 47, <laughs> 47 Bloody months, hell. Dick's, dick months. Bloody hell indeed. <laughs> and he's upset that this obviously happens, mostly because, like all the other guys that we've done who are very military-based, they're just mad that they're not in the war anymore. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm oh, yeah. missing all the action. He's emasculated. Yeah. Because we, we like the ones that don't get captured. Oh, man, it's so brutal. Ugh. <laughs> But uh, Charles is ashamed of this. He writes letters to his family talking about his great shame of being captured. Um, he spoke to a lot of other prisoners. You can and... chain an asparagus, but you can't chain its heart. Yeah. It's one, it's one of his poems. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not not well known. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can't actually find it anymore. Only very, here. Very obscure. People time exclusive. It's only in French, but written backwards. Right. Right. <laughs> we had to decipher it and... And we were like, this is so dumb. <laughs> this is what his poetry was? Huh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So while he's in camp, pretty funny because he even, he kind of bugs people with his patriotism of like, French is the best, we're the greatest. He, he kind of does it, I guess, over the board, even to his own Frenchmen. They're like, all right, yeah, I agree, but come on, dude. So that's what he's doing in, in camp. And everyone's like, okay. So they give him a new nickname, Ooh. which is called Le Canatable, which is the constable. So they're kind of making fun a little bit like, yeah, you're... Look at you. Ooh, boy. And, uh, you talk loud. But some uh. some people did say that like it kind of lifted their spirits to have someone who was so like, we're okay, we're going to make it, like it's not a big deal, and we're going to win. So, I mean, yeah. talk shit, but it's good to have morale yeah. in a POW camp. And he even met another prisoner named Mikhail Tukajukovsky. That's a Russian guy, so I can't say his name, but... He's a later he's later on in the future he's a commander of the Red Army of Russia. So Ooh. they're both in the same camp together, captured and Weird. Just talking about tactics and shit. And like why why the Germans are weak and their military tactics are weak, which seems kind of ironic because they're captured, so like these guys are the worst. <laughs> these guys suck so bad. I mean, yeah, sure I got captured, but Okay, yeah, they, they outsmarted me the the one time. Okay, like four times. Yeah. And now I'm here. <laughs> And they didn't have any robots. Yeah, they don't have any robots. They don't know. They don't know. They don't even have a concept of it. <laughs> Once we get our robots, they're going to win. You guys are not going to fucking see it coming. <laughs> He's just doing this in the camp, making these noises and walking around, yeah. and everyone's like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Look at the fucking constable over there, just like, <laughs> the <constable. laughs> Yeah, what's up? Oh, fucking. Oh, 
You guys see that? that was my Why does he keep repeating, I am Robocock? <laughs> <laughs> I am Robocock. <laughs> Pretty impressive, right, guys? What's up? Then we invade your country. <laughs> see, that was a good accent. Damn. Uh, merci. Uh, so Charles writes his first book while he's there. It's called The Enemy's House Divided, which analyzes the issues of divisions within German forces. Hmm. Um, the, the reason why is because right before World War One, Germany kind of collected into multiple, you know, they, they had multiple states and they kind of joined into one. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And so he's noticing that there's problems within this because they weren't one country before. They weren't one state. They w- so they took they took Bavaria and Prussia and Little Dickistan, Serbia. German unification. Yeah. Yeah. Did a little bit of a quiz on that. It's <laughs> in the breeze. There's going to be a quiz later. There is. So that's what his book is about, is just talking about how... Yeah, the Germans, they have weaknesses because they don't all agree on shit. So, while he's in prison, Charles made five unsuccessful attempts to escape the POW camp. He tried. Hey, good. Try. And these are all funny to me, but there's one. That, and so, he tried to first hide in a laundry basket, and that didn't work. He got caught. <laughs> That's like a fucking movie. <laughs> right? I am laundry. Yeah. Take me out. I'm just dirty laundry. Did he use Tom and Jerry tactics? I th- he did. That's what it sounds like. He tries to dig a tunnel as well. And it gets caught. He tries to dig a hole through a wall and gets caught. Like a mouse? Come on. <laughs> Tom and Jerry tactics, man. Come on, constantly. But my favorite one that he tried was he tried to pose as a nurse to try and fool the guards so he could leave. A nurse? And it didn't work. <laughs> so I see him, like, with a bra on and, like, hello. <laughs> with high heels, like, I'm just, a, just have to get by you, excuse me. Well, I don't know if he actually tried to dress as a female nurse. That's how I like to think of it. No, that's definitely, yeah. But I would like to think of... I think he just dressed as a female nurse anyway, and then was like, oh, I could use this! <laughs> ah! And the Germans are like, well, that tall-ass nurse, man. That's a huge nurse. God damn it. Kind of reminds me of asparagus. What's that asparagus with a bra doing? <laughs> uh, you know what, guys? I'm into it. I'm going to go find out what she's about. Hey. Hey, asparagus. And he's hey. all like, I'm a robot. And they're like, oh, shit, it's that guy. <laughs> Oh, it's the ro- it's the weird guy. I still kind of, well, I, I mean, still give me your digits, but yeah. Get back in then your- they capture him, and he's like, "Oh, just shit tactics, anyway." <laughs> yeah, bunch of garbage. Yeah. Their their tactics for finding me out is terrible. Huh, whatever. <laughs> they should have found me out about five minutes ago, but it took so long. <laughs> it's not even about escaping. It's just like, how long will it take them? I could get out anytime, but uh, oh, no. it took you thirty minutes. I could have left you guys. Fucking punks. You guys are terrible. He's out of the camp now. World War One ends. So it's not that it got liberated, the war ended, and they were like, all right, get out the fuck out. Pretty much. All right. And so he goes back to his family, finds his brothers who were also in World War One, and they're all alive too. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, that's nice. And there's the uh, the agreement to end war. And so World War One ends. But at the same time, or Yay! at least like four years later, in the 20s, 1920s, Poland is at war with communist russia and charles gets called to go serve like basically with poland like he's almost kind of under their command but he's an instructor for the infantry so he's not necessarily in battle hmm. but he's there to to help poland because they're like it's the same uh alliances that like caused world war one with like oh poland's in trouble yeah hey france hey yeah poland and uh the french i think are are buddies they're definitely buddies at this point Everyone loves the dirty poles. Yeah. Everyone loves those goddamn smelly, terrible poles. I'm getting mixed feelings from you. What? Hmm. 
No, yeah, so Poland is at war. He goes over there. He helps them out. They think he's great because he's smart. He's given them awesome tactics to use. And he's even decorated with one of their highest military decorations, the Brutututi Militari. Brutututi? Remember when you said that in the... Uh... That sounded like a great song, though. Brutututi. Rattatati. Hey, yeah. Sounds kind of jazzy, almost like. We're gonna decorate you now, Rudy to T. I'm the best. My toy soldiers are the best. Yeah. Do the robots. I don't know what club would play this music, but I want to. I want to go there. It's just my house. It's my house. House music? Oh, weird. Yeah, in my house, I play house music that's, yeah, I'm just tiptoeing around. Right. <laughs> we do the party. Every, every now and then it goes, Robo Remix. Everyone do the asparagus. Do the asparagus. Do the asparagus. Do the asparagus. Get wild! <laughs> so, after Charles gets decorated, he helps the Poles. He returns back to France to become... A lecturer in military history at Saint Cyr, where he was training himself. Ooh. That's the school he went to, and he is considered to be a powerful and well-educated speaker. A lot of people like his lectures. Does um, he speak backwards? Only to his siblings when he's talking shit on people next to them, and he doesn't want them to know what he's oh saying. Oh my god, I fucking hate that. <laughs> I don't know if uh, I'm sure. Like in England, you guys have like Pig Latin, but we have. We use something called Abu Dhabi. Oh, yeah, Abu Dhabi. I fucking hate Abu Dhabi. I could still never speak it, so... I can understand it, but I can't speak it. And uh, I have friends who, like, speak it to each other when they know people around them can't speak it, and I'm like, I fucking hate you. Do you guys have Abu Dhabi? Or Pig Latin? Uh, we have some sort of thing, but I never really got my head around it. I can't remember what it's called, but it's something similar-ish. Yeah. Imagine, yeah, if, can you can you speak any else if I, it's similar? Well, Igpe Adenle is Pig Latin, and it's just the idea of... You don't say the first letter. You put it at the end. Yeah, similar, a... similar to that, yeah. yeah. Um, Abu Dhabi is where I... you, you put an ob sound after every vowel. It's hard for me to do. Yeah, I have to think to say it. Yeah. So Charles de Gaulle would be like, Charabals, Abbas. Charabals, Gabal. There you go. Something close to that. Okay, so, that's I what it sounds it. like. It sounds like, Abba, 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 Abba. Fucking don't. Surely they must know he's like, Talking shit about someone else is like, Abba, 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 a prick. <laughs> <laughs> and just look at him while he says it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking wanker. What did he say? Is it... If I knew another language, <laughs> I'd totally do that. Is that French? I need to learn another language just so I can do that. <laughs> that sounds like French to me. So while he's doing these lectures, and he's not like a permanent resident there, a teacher. He's just kind of going in and, and teaching about military history. And he decides he actually wants to go back to school to further his own education. So he goes to study at a place called Ecole de Guerrero. I can't say it. Ecole. <laughs> I love when you, when you pronounce French. Because I think you're pronouncing it right. But Probably it's, not. It's such an uncomfortable sound uh, coming out of your mouth. I'm making like... weird faces. I'm trying to get my mouth to do it. Like, Ecole de Guerrero. <laughs> Which is the French military training facility. And his grades were meh. His eh. grades were all right. Eh. Not super. How's it, how's it spelled? I might be able to help translate. Uh, E-C-O-L-E. And then de. Yeah, and then uh, G-U-E-R-R-E. Ecole de Guerrero. 
Oh, uh, Ecole de Guerre. Like, is it a war college? Oh, yeah, oh. he's right. So Ecole that... de Guerre. How did you say? Ecole, Ecole de Guerre. De Guerre. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's a sound we don't... I can't make that sound. Over here. You're exactly right. It's a military college, and he's going there. His grades aren't super great. In his final report, it stated that he is intelligent, he's cultured, he's serious-minded, brilliant, talented, but he's super arrogant. He has excessive self-confidence and a a harsh dismissal of other people's views. (laughs) (laughs) That's just super French anyway, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I think... I don't think you're describing a guy. That's just the whole country. <laughs> well, if the French are saying it about the French, can you imagine? Oh, God, the levels of <laughs> arrogance. Yeah, so... Je m'appelle Monsieur France. France. Fucking frogs. <laughs> it's so mean. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, my favorite part of his report is that he was stated of having an attitude of a king in exile. Mm. Like he's, He deserves so much more, but he's not getting it. You guys know I'm a robot, right? You guys know that? <laughs> I don't think you know that. Not only that, I'm the king of the robots. All of them. Hmm. Robot wars! I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Drop a beat! Let's dance. <laughs> dum, dum. <laughs> but uh, it's weird how their grading works, at least during this time frame. They get graded with like kind of like good or bad or exceptional like that's kind of their overall grade rather than like a point system of numbers so it's just... so he gets wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you invaded belgium good <laughs> you lost okay. the war to germany bad, bad. <laughs> so he gets his grade and it's as lesbian which is good enough good enough a lesbian a lesbian a lesbian is good enough that's pretty good <laughs> Well, if you can, yeah, it's good enough. You can score one because you have to switch sides. That's that's good. It's when he's dressed up as a nurse, an asparagus nurse, he gets the lesbian. Yeah, and that's when it's super good. That's hey, good job, Charles. <laughs> hey, I'll listen to your lecture now, you stupid fuck. <laughs> so he gets posted to Germany after this because he's still in the military, and Charles writes to his old commander, Patane, which I still can't say right. So there you go. I'll never remember it. Patan. Patan. Patane. And yeah. Patan. Patan. Oh my God. We are so. I'm going to say it wrong next time. So I'm sorry. <laughs> we are very uncultured. And he tells his, his old commander, he's like, yeah, I got my, my score came back and I got good enough. So, so that like a D minus? I don't know. It's passing. So it's like, yeah. Either way, he got, he got the D. So <laughs> that's all that matters really. It's the, it's the D minus though. That's like where it's inverted. And you're like, oh shit. That's sad. Yeah. It's a small D. It's a very small D. In dicks, it's like 0.8 It's just the dicks. head. There is no shaft. <laughs> just kind of almost like someone glued it on there, just right there. His teacher's like, so in dicks, you got like, it's real. It's like half a, it's like an eighth. Half a, you got half a, a dick. You got a half a, buddy. Just get the fuck out. But, so he tells him he got good enough. His commander actually calls the college back and is like, you don't understand how good this guy is. I know you're probably based off of a lot of his attitude as well, but you need to you need to change it up to something better. He's like, he doesn't deserve excellent, which is a high-ranking Wait, one. he called the school to the be commander. Like, change his grades? Well, he asked him to. Because he thinks he's better, and that will help him. He's he's basically like... He's just trying to rub Charles is his protege, and he wants him to like rise up in the ranks. So it's kind of like having an influence. Like, you would kind of attach to somebody in the military that's higher up. If you guys were buddies, he might be able to kind of front you a little bit. It's the worst thing you want to do to a guy with a big ego. Yeah. Yeah. And well, so they do. They change it. They change it to bien, which is good. And he told him he's like he doesn't des- he doesn't deserve excellent, which is higher than good. 
So just change it to good. And they were like, okay. I fucking hate this. He's got influence. That- I know that in in France, they don't, when they, uh, the school system, we get like, um, I think you get like A plus and A and stuff. We get A star, A, blah, blah, blah. Um, their top mark is 19 out of 20 because they never want to give a 20 out of 20. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, French. <laughs> oh, I'm so mad right now. I had a similar thing like at work. I, I had to like grade people's work. Yeah. Like, I would do their uh, QA. Their, their yes, their quality. Yeah. And the guy who was showing me how to do it at first, he was like, "Never give a five. You always give a four, because it's out of five. It's like that's how you incentivize them. I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna kick you in the dick. Yeah, how about giving them a good job if they did a good if job? You did a five, yeah. motherfuckers. Anyways, that's such a French concept. I'm so mad right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Charles and his old commander Patain are they're they're buddy buddy and they're talking again and he's like hey man you wanna wanna come work with me and be a pen officer hmm. pen fifteen officer and Charles is like hell yeah so he starts working with his old commander as a ghostwriter for a book called Les Soldats which is just the soldier in French. Les soldats. And it's a it's a book about history of the French soldier. That's what they're trying to work on. So they want to do history of military and and what's important to keep working on or what's important that they've But importantly they were cuddling together in the bed at the same time, like, Oh, we're such old friends. Oh well, they yeah. were until they got into a bunch of arguments Uh-oh. about what the book should be exactly about, who gets credit for what, and Charles gets so angry that he ends up telling him he doesn't want to do the book anymore. And he freaks out, yells at him, and leaves. And they're not on the greatest friendship now. So this is the point in the movie when they have an argument at, at a cafe and it's raining outside and uh-huh. they, go different, they go different directions down the street? Yeah. Oh, man. You see them yelling in the window because we're outside the cafe. And one of them gets I them. loved you! Yeah. Asparagus! I love you! <laughs> yeah. A little fun story about the, uh, <laughs> uh, the word uh, soldat. Uh, like soldier uh, when I was like learning French and in France I was telling people that my name's Ryan but they only know the the name Brian and I didn't know how to say like it's not Brian it's Ryan but someone <laughs> taught me how to say it's like Saving Private Ryan so just oh, say yeah. my name is like Saving Private Ryan so I know comme il faut sauver le soldat Ryan <laughs> in French like off by heart because <laughs> I have to say it at every time because they're like oh Brian <laughs> because they have this um French comedian called Gad Elmaleh, uh, who has a whole skit about when in France, when they learn English, there's uh, a way to learn uh, English was this like CD or like tape called Where is Brian? And like, where is Brian? <laughs> Brian is in the kitchen. <laughs> Brian has an umbrella because it is raining. <laughs> so every time I was like saying, oh, my name's Ryan, they're like, oh, where is Ryan? No, it's not Brian. <laughs> I'm not in the fucking kitchen. Come in for so let so let Ryan. They don't. They don't. They don't. They don't know Ryan. They only know Brian. That's like a weird thing to, s- yeah. to say. But yeah, I, they know it once I say it's like saving private Ryan. Yeah. Like, how, oh, okay. how the how the fuck do they not know the name Ryan, but they know Matt Damon? <laughs> <laughs> so this is the argument that they end up getting into is that they they can't agree on the book that they're writing together, and it's really strange. It gets to the point where like. Charles is a little bit of a twat, speaking of. Yeah. Because here he says, you know, to uh, to his old commander, he's talking about him to somebody else. He says, yeah, Marshal Patain was a great man. He died in 1925, but he did not know it. And he, he's not dead. He's just saying that you dick. he was once a good guy. Now he fucking 
Don't care. He's dead Don't to me. Don't argue with the robot. <laughs> yeah. You're dead to me. So You're they're, dead to me, Matt Damon. They're not really friends anymore. Sort of. But even though they're not friends, Patane still kind of continues to help Charles. Like, he still is like, that's my protege. I, he, I, he's an asshole, but I, I think he's still a smart guy. I mean, so yeah. he, he starts referring him to give lectures at Ecole, Ecole de Guerre. Oh. L'Ecole de Guerre. There it is. Yep. We're so, we, this is what we need. We need a British person on every time uh, we, to help with all our terrible pronunciations. Well, it just really highlights how mountainous cow people we are. We're like, oh. <laughs> True, we're dumb. <laughs> Fuck why do oh. We're so dumb. <laughs> I, w- I, went, uh, I went traveling once, and I think, there was a, I think I was in Ireland, and <laughs> uh, I was with like an American, and they just couldn't understand the Irish, so I was just translating an Irish person to the American. <laughs> like, oh, how's it going, Larry Dallas? You're like, what, what did he say? <laughs> he said, hello, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, that reminds you of, of uh, not Shaun of the Dead, it's the other one that he's on, Simon Pegg. Oh, uh, Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz, oh, when they have to do the translation scene of like three or four people <laughs> down the line. <laughs> one person has to do it to one person and then the next and down. Which is great, you're like, you know, it's English. And they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, so even though they're not friends, as I was saying, Charles um, keeps getting help. Patane keeps saying, Patane keeps saying, <laughs> I can't say his fucking name. Patane. Fall off my chair. I think it's like uh, when, you, when you like pay money and pay. you get a tan. Pay tan? Like pay tan. Pay oh tan. my God. I don't remember it now. There you go. I, I might not, but I'll try. Pay tan. Pay tan. <laughs> Putin. Python. Pay tan. Pay tan. <laughs> Peyton. Yeah, Peyton. It's like Peyton Manning, right? Is that what you're saying about? <laughs> you're saying that about the footballs? Mm. All right. <laughs> so Peyton, Peyton. Oh, my God. Right away. <laughs> right away. <laughs> they going to score a touchdown in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> they, play, they don't play football like the same football we do. I don't know about no soccers. No, I don't know about none of that. Uh, but, uh, I don't know why we call ours football. Fo- I don't know where the word soccer comes from. Like, uh, what, what? No, I know, I know where it. it comes from, and it's it's actually our fault. Oh shit! Uh, yeah. So this um, football is called association football, uh, and posh people here kind of like shorten words. So like rugby, they're called rugger, and um, it's hip. So they used sexy. to call association football soccer. Ah. Um, and it, it went to like America and Australia and stuff, and you guys just tended to use that we were idiots. soccer one instead of football. Which makes no fucking sense because our football is not on a feet. <laughs> you only kick the ball I've heard, once. I've heard that it's called football because the ball is a foot long. I don't know how true that is. Oh. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's like three, three and a half dicks. Three and a half dicks? Well, no, more <laughs> like two, two and a half. Mm. Let's just say officially. Either though, way, grab as many as you can. Football fucking sucks. Football's lame. That's a lame sport. I don't, I don't really follow any sports. American football. Dude, I don't really follow a lot of sports, but fucking rugby is the kick-ass fucking thing it to watch. It does look entertaining, yeah. I watch the Olympics uh, rugby, and that shit is huh. off the chain. I'm a cricket kind of person, so... Hmm. You're a cricket person? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, sorry. Paytam uh, continues to help Charles by referring him to give lectures at the same school we were just talking about, the Ecole de... Oh. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Don't make him say. I know. I feel so bad. We're get I think it's like we're, air, we're like fucking... air you breathe, but with a G in front of it. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's I, how you do that. He's a great teacher. Yeah. 
So <laughs> welcome to People Time and Knackers in the Breeze Duolingo. <laughs> right. So he uh, there's a paywall. <laughs> this is the school that he, when he went to, he received the eh, good enough. That's where he's going to go to give lectures now. Yeah, the small d. Yeah, and um, from his own lectures, he starts writing a book called The Edge of the Sword, which Ugh. is uh, it's about military leadership mostly, but it's also great men in history. So it's kind of almost like a People Time esque thing. What? Yeah. What's the Churchill did at People Time? Right, and then also uh, about past wars, and it was published in like 1932. Uh, it's it's well received. I think it's more people who are in the military liked it more so but yeah more of a military specific thing and he spends 12 years as a captain um he's eventually promoted to a major in 1927 he's about 37 years old at this time and he's giving command of a position over the 19th chassis <laughs> <laughs> which i'm just gonna say is a battalion of an elite infantry that's i yeah <laughs> and he kind of reminds me of george Patton here a little bit because he trains his men extremely hard. Like, he tries to get them to do all sorts of crazy stuff that keeps getting shut down by his superiors. Like, you can't do that. Like, he tries to send them all through a river that is freezing cold at night, and it gets stopped before he can even do it. They're like, he's too hard on us. And one of his soldiers... You pussies, move! <laughs> yeah. Forward! War! And so he, he even uh, gets a complaint because one of the soldiers, and they're allowed to do this. There's nothing illegal or even necessarily disrespectful, from my understanding, is that one of his soldiers is like, I need to get transferred out of here. It's way too tough. This, like, this guy's crazy. Rough. So he puts in a request to do so, and Charles finds out about it. So he's, like, pissed <laughs> or angry, I should say, because yeah. he's not drunk. Who would want to leave? He's not drunk. <laughs> yeah. And so he's, he throws his, his soldier in prison. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. And he gets in trouble for it because he's not supposed to do that. No. And when he gets in trouble, he goes running back to his old commander, Peytan, who he's not really friends with, but he needs help. So he's like, Peytan, help me. And Peytan does. He's like, all right. People don't like it when I do the things that I do. And I need you to do he's to really fix the things that I do. Yeah. Peytan's like, he's really tough on his soldiers. He's just trying to make them into good soldiers. Don't be too hard on them, you know? So he doesn't get into too much trouble. Yeah, he pulled out his toys and he's like... This is what should have happened. <laughs> He's like, my tactics were flawless. It was perfect, and then they were all like, dude. <laughs> yeah. The one with the lightsaber was going to come in this way, and the one with the little gun is going to come in this way. The one with the uh, the spacesuit was going to fly down. <laughs> I had the Millennium Falcon set up and everything. But it's weird. But it was also... made out of Legos, and it was falling apart, and they didn't even care. They didn't even care. <laughs> He's not weepy, luckily, I don't think, like uh, Patton was, but he I is sensitive. I still find the context weepy. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Got to go run to your old commander that you don't even like anymore. Help me. But uh, he is shows sensitive side, too, like Patton did. Not necessarily in the same way, but for instance, as a in a certain circumstance, he was wearing what's called a mourning band, mm. and it's like this band you wear around your arm that shows that you're mourning over somebody. And he was doing it for a private soldier who was an orphan and had died. And so yeah. he, there wasn't anyone there to mourn him kind of a thing. Yeah. So he's like, I, I'll mourn him. You know, he was he's a soldier. He was a French soldier. So he deserves respect. And this actually gets really high, um, like, claim. Like, uh, everyone's, like, super happy about this. Yeah. Like, holy cow, that's such a, a nice thing of him to do. So much so that the prime minister of France at the time, Raymond Poincaré. Yep. Anyway, so Raymond... 
he even mentions something about this being like, what a great commanding officer to do this. That's that's shown really good morale and stuff. So good job. What else would you do, though? I mean, if an orphan soldier died and you didn't do anything about it, then you're just an asshole. I guess. I mean, he could have not. No one probably would have noticed. So I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Nah. By the way, he that's went back to... When uh, an orphan dies, say nothing. That's so mean. Nope, let it go. <laughs> say nothing. It didn't happen. After him and Patain, uh, uh, Patan fell out of good graces of each other, mm-hmm. uh, he did go back to Germany. So he's a, he's been in Germany this whole time. So. What's he doing in Germany? Yeah, he's doing military stuff. Like just He's mostly trying to train his own men. That's mostly it. All right. Yeah. You go, Gaul. Yeah, <laughs> you go, Gaul. <laughs> <laughs> How's he feel about, like, pumpkin lattes? Oh, I fucking love pumpkin spice lattes. I'm such a basic bitch. I, I love pumpkin spice lattes. I'm the basic bitch white girl. You do? I do. Oh, man. And I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> that doesn't bother me at all. No, you shouldn't be ashamed of being a bitch. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, shit. You mean twat. Yeah. Be nice to our guests. <laughs> Treat me like a bad bitch I am. I'm sorry, I love you. I'm going to spank you with my pumpkin latte. Well, maybe he likes being called bitch when that's going on. Yeah, some people like that. Yeah. I do. You like to be spanked with a latte? With a pumpkin latte. How would, that, how would you go about that? Would you have to freeze it? It just spills just all over the place. Throw boiling really. water over them. Yeah, in my mind, it's a full cup and you're just smacking somebody with it. And just <laughs> like, you like it. You like it. It's a weird scenario. While he's been training all his men in Germany, they don't really need their base there anymore. So Francis says they're going to pull out of this and basically they don't need all of his men either. So they just call Charles back to France. They're like, yeah, come on back. He's still in the military, of course, but mm-hmm. he's just no longer deployed out there. We're working on a robot initiative. <laughs> what? Huh? Oh, God. But he is uh, wanting to teach more. So the same school that he got the, eh, good enough that he's been doing lectures at and everything right he's like all right i want to go and actually be a professor of history there so he goes in make me tenured yeah tenure me and he he applies but it's kind of funny because they they don't want him so he goes back to peytan who doesn't want again he's not friends with peytan he just keeps going back to whenever he needs something and Peytan's like i'll I'll try to do what i you know i'll try to lobby for you to get a like an interview or something (laughs) hey old buddy (laughs) <laughs> remember when we were friends? <laughs> and Peyton's like, mm-hmm. uh, help me. Yeah, I remember when you fucked me over when we were doing that book together. Yeah, but remember when we used to cuddle and give gentle hand jobs? Mm-hmm. Of course. Come on, come on. But... Pull on my asparagus. <laughs> but he. Uh... That's why they call him Charles Deagle. Oh. <laughs> And it's, it's a lowercase d, so it's not the big d, it's the small d. It's the small d, yes. <laughs> Which I always thought was weird. I thought they should have capitalized it. Just no, 0.5 dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he he can't get an interview even. The staff finds out that he wants to work there, like the other teachers. And they're no joke, they say, um, we'll do a mass resign if he gets a position at this school. Whoa. They do not. So that's no joke that they fucking hate him he's too much he's he's his personality is over the top arrogant and he's just kind of one of those people that yeah he's smart and you want to be he's the guy 
that when you're in battle, you're like, cool, I want to be next to that guy because he's probably going to do a bunch of great stuff and mm-hmm. I might not get killed. But when you're any other position, you don't want to be playing poker with this guy because he's just going to talk your ear off how great he is and how military tactics oh suck God. unless he was in charge of it. Yeah, that's very, very Patton-esque. He's blunt, tough, conceited. Yeah, like, you, I don't like being around you. Yeah, unfortunately. Do you it is, like, sort of out of character, like the, the Pattons and the Charles de Gaulle's and stuff, or is that, like, what all generals are like, but they are just, like, a little bit more so, so they succeed a bit more? It seems like it. Yeah, it seems like... If you're really high, I'm sure there's uh, exceptions, and we've only done so many people, of course, but so far almost every single person we've done has some sort of arrogance or some sort of delusion of grandeur. Narcissistic sort of tendencies. But then they meet it. Yeah. I think that that's required, though, to, like, meet a high level of anything. Like, think about, like, even fucking, like, CEOs are often full of themselves. Yeah. High-end athletes think that they're the shit. Yeah. You just have to be a prick to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a prick and I don't achieve. <laughs> it's the worst. You're a prick in a different way, though. It's funny. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, you have to, though. Because to... it's sort of like that. Like, if you're going to achieve something huge, you have to have a huge ego to fight against when things don't go well. So you have to look in the mirror and be like, I am LeBron James. Well, I am LeBron James. Well, it's funny, too, because a lot of the people that we've also done, we've noticed that they seem to also do the same thing where if they don't achieve, then they get great shame and they're like, I'm a piece of shit. I'm the worst. Yeah. So they seem to like go through this like, I should have done better. Especially Winston Churchill. He had the biggest like, fuck me. Yeah. I'm awesome. Fuck me. Yeah, him and Patton too. Patton and... Oh, Patton's just a psycho. Well, yeah. Well, do, you have, do you have to sort of be like that because you're uh, fighting other people like that? So there's like equivalent German... There's a German pattern or something, and the yeah, the only way to defeat it is to just be that, but a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to look in the mirror and be like, "I am asparagus, the superhero." It took like what? And they were all afraid. <laughs> so because he doesn't get, because Charles doesn't get the position he wants to, he's not going to make it into a history teacher. So what instead happens is Peyton is like, "Look." I'll help you get into a different position. They don't want you over there. So instead, how about going and applying for General Secretariat of the Supreme War Council in Paris? Ooh. It's like a really, yeah, it's, it's something that would probably suit Charles really well. And he's like, I'll lobby for you, so go get an interview. Charles like, all right, sure. And he does. He gets the job. He ends up becoming a drafting officer and is later promoted to a lieutenant colonel and given the position of head of the third section operations so here he's kind of being able to balance military and bureaucracy a little bit where he can Ah. pass bills of this is how i think we should do it we should put more stuff into tanks we should put more stuff into the mechanical stuff oh his dick is so hard (laughs) Put more stuff into robots robots we need more robots yeah exactly they're called they're called tanks sir they're called robots (laughs) not in my head they're not they're robots Yeah, so... <laughs> so the greatest part is when they transform into a guy. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, no, 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 it just rolls around. You don't need it to transform into a guy. And it's like, oh, yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. No, it does. And it, uh, he breakdances. <laughs> With lights popping out of him and stuff? Yeah. So Charles is very outspoken about military preparation for France um, in case they ever need to go to war again in the future. And he's trying to push for just more. He's like, I want faster moving tanks. I want more... Mechanical military, I want more yes. more tanks in general. I just want more of them. More! And so he's trying to push for this, 
and it's not really, not all of his bills are getting passed. One of them gets passed the Chamber of Deputies, and then it fails at Senate. So he's kind of like, come on, guys, we, we're going to be going to war sometime. Let's get our stuff all set up. So he's at least getting the word spread out, but nothing's really getting passed yet. Hmm. And in 1934, Charles writes another book called Toward a Professional Army, which is basically an imagination of what the military could and should be, according to Charles. Oh, God. So he, he, you notice this pattern where he like, this is how things should be, or this is how, this is the position I deserve. And if it doesn't happen, then he goes and writes about how cool it would be if it did happen. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't this be neat? Look, look at this. This is just his blog. Yeah. Passive-aggressive blog. <laughs> it's this fantasy of his that he just plays out. Well, there's, there's whole picture sections of that book of his toys. He's like, this is where the dark Vader figure comes in, dude. That's fucking awesome. And then he kills the dinosaurs. And everyone else is looking at him like, we don't understand. No. They wouldn't let me do it. Idiots. Yeah. Idiots. Well, so sometime around 1936, Mom. Charles... Mom! Mom! <laughs> Mom slash, what, what do you call that, aunt? Mom, oh, yeah. what's a cousin? What, oh, God, yeah, I don't even know. So his mom is his dad's, their first, their first cousins. cousins. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. She would be his second cousin. Mom, second cousin. Hey, mom, second cousin. Yeah. Hey, listen to me. Apparently, France is a little bit like Alabama. Hmm. <laughs> hey, mom, can I play with your toy? <laughs> <laughs> That's in the bedside cabinet, son. <laughs> That's what they do in Alabama. Wash it, please. <laughs> <laughs> this was passed down for many generations. We've never washed it. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> That's how you keep it in the family line. Yeah. Just keep it in the family. Yeah. <laughs> Literally inside. <laughs> right, oh, no, so. it's stuck up there. Mama, give us a hand to give it out. Nana, hey, hold still. Mama, we need the Crisco. Go and get the pliers again. God dang it. The pliers. The pliers hurt. Don't get the pliers. Put, get the suction cup. <laughs> the plunger. <laughs> so, sometime, so sometime around 1936, uh, Charles has a, a rare insight of an upcoming war. Th uh, this is uh, something uh -oh. we've seen also multiple times. Winston Churchill did it. I think Ike did it, where they go, someone's... Someone's planning war. What's that in the air? I can smell it. Is that... Is Sorry, that was me. <laughs> Sorry, oh. I didn't mean to. I had, I had a big lunch. Oh, man, it smells like war. You gotta clean your ass. <laughs> it smells like sauerkraut around here. <laughs> Something's going on. But yeah, I, if you remember, Winston Churchill kind of called World War II before it happened and was trying to warn, you know, everybody. And everyone's like, ah, you're, you're just worrying. You're fine. It's not a big deal. Well, Would you relax, Winston? Charles did the same thing. He's like, uh... I think that Germany is not only inevitably going to come to war, but I think it's going to happen sooner than later. I think it's going to happen over the next couple of years. Uh-oh. And he even writes to his mother and says to her, like, this is how we know he knew beforehand, because he tells her, I guess Fran uh, France and Russia had just made some sort of an alliance, or at least they're working on being peaceful with each other. Sure. And so he tells his mom, he's like, look, it's actually a good thing that we've made a pact with the USSR because I think war is going to happen in they're going to be, we're going to want all the allies we can have. So, Hello. so he, he had some insight about that. And still in the same year, 1936, Charles holds the position um, within the Supreme War Council. He's also giving lectures at a college that is for marshals and generals, so like higher ranking military guys. And the lectures are based around his same views on tanks. We need more, they need to be faster, they need to be mobile. Mm -hmm. We just want to get our military pumped up for whatever war's coming soon. Robots. 
And one of his old teachers actually writes to Charles and says to him, he's like, look, here's the thing, dude. You're brilliant. I've listened to your lectures. You're super smart on what you're saying. Like, the information's super good. The problem is, is that nobody likes you as a person. <laughs> like, this is why you're not getting, like, accepted to go higher that's, up in your... That's brilliant, what you're saying. It's just that no one likes you. Yeah, it's your attitude so, that sucks, not your ideas. Great. Until it comes out of your face. <laughs> it's true. You're so arrogant that everyone just shuts down. They're like, fuck that guy. I don't even care. It, oh, that will save millions of people? No, I'm not going to do that because it came from that guy. I'm going to let him die. I'm going to let him die because fuck you. I hate you. <laughs> and I don't know how well it landed with Charles. It, it sounds like his attitude might have changed a little bit, but not not enough. And so he's still obviously very lofty. Oh, Charles. Yeah. Oh, Charles. But a year later, in 1937, Charles is put in command of the 507th Tank Regiment. That's his shit. Oh, yeah. So now he's like, this is what we're talking about. The robot army. The uh, robot army's coming for you. And for Christmas, he got a package of little plastic tanks so he could set up and be like, pow, pow, pow. Take this, Hitler. Pow, pow. Yeah. Hey, Mom. Mom! Hot pocket! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're so great, Charles. We have to leave. Yeah, you do. Ha! And he's like, nobody gets this like I do. I am so <laughs> fucking brilliant. So he gets, uh, he goes to Metz, France. That's where he's taking his tanks and everything. And they actually do like a parade. And he's like, oh, look at my 80 tanks. Uh, he's actually got more than 80, but yeah. Whole tank division. Man. I think he has 80 only at this point. But Ooh. around this time frame, Charles gains a new nickname. This guy gets all the nicknames. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, because he's parading all the tanks around, and he's this big, tall guy who stomps around when he walks and stuff, that everyone's like, oh, this guy's all about tanks. Uh, thanks, Colonel Motors. That's his new nickname. Colonel Motors? <laughs> Colonel Motors. <laughs> That's the lamest one so far. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Motors. <laughs> That's like a demotion. Yeah, right? Well, I mean, asparagus. I mean, I don't know if that's better or worse, but... Asparagus is fun. It's cheeky. Yeah. Uh, I still like his, his second one best, but that's all right. Anyway. Constable? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the constable. Just because it sounds like such a... sounds like you're saying something kind of mean to somebody else. Like, yeah, okay, constable. Yeah, right, constable. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Get over yourself. Such a constable. Yeah, constable. Uh... <laughs> Shut up, Charles. Shut up. <laughs> You're such a constable, you twat. <laughs> and Charles is like, huh? Wait. What's up? Oh, I'm the best. Sorry, I had to look up for my toys. But during this time frame, it's funny. He actually finishes the book, Les Soldats, however you say it. The Soldier. The Soldier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because he was ghostwriting it with his old commander. And he's been pretty mean to him and only goes to him when he needs something. Yeah. And his commander's nice enough to be like, yeah, I'll still look out for you. I'll still help you out. Get, whatever I can do, I'll help. But he, when he finishes the book, he does give credit to his old commander, Peytan. But mm, he rewrites all the stuff so it's in his own words. And he only gives him like eh, a little bit of credit. Like, yeah, he helped me, I guess. Whatever, dude. And so Peytan's like, what the hell? Like, we were writing that together. I was going to write it with somebody else, but out of respect, I decided not to. And now you went off and wrote it and redid everything. So that way, pretty much none of my words are in it. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> y- Yes, that's what I did. Yeah. It's better now. And when he finds out, he tells other people, he's like, yeah, you know, I treated Charles with unbound goodwill. 
but found him now to be an ambitious man and very ill-bred. Ill-bred. <laughs> That's the worst kind of bread. Yeah. And it makes me think of, like, ill-bred. It makes me think, like, it's also a, a an underlying shot of him being from his cousin and father. You know, his father. He He's ill-bred and his, his children are inbred. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Gross. He, he also has yeah. webbed feet. He has webbed feet. <laughs> Probably. You know someone like He's that. He's a frog. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Helps him swim better, I hope. I I'm sure you get diseases of other stuff, so hopefully you at least can swim faster. <laughs> you can swim away from genetic disease. <laughs> you can't swim that fast. You can't swim that fast. <laughs> what kind of condom do you want? Ribbit. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. In in Britain. Yeah. Not so good. <laughs> Now, I, I don't know how far we, we... I won't go too far into it. Uh, World War II is a big thing. Um, what? So we'll keep it up with just our story here. But because we can easily go on for days about all the politics that are going on in France right now and how it gets split up into different parties and it gets super weird and crazy. All this stuff I did not know until I did the research. Hmm. But it's a lot, like a lot of info. So we're going to keep it with just Charles, of course. But you're going you're gonna to hear some stuff about it. I'll try to give some context, but not go days into it, okay? So would you say that for this podcast, Charles is in charge? Charles in <laughs> charge. Would you say that? Yeah, I would say that. <laughs> of our days and so, our nights. Mm, mm, mm. So even though... I want, I want... <laughs> Charles in charge of me. <laughs> Even though it's really interesting what happens in the political parties and stuff going on, uh, I would definitely recommend looking it up, but I won't go into it a tiny bit. But anyways. World War II? Yeah, well, World War II and what's going on with France during the time frame. Oh, they lose. So, yeah. End of story. Yeah, you might be surprised with some of the information, though, here coming up. I'm sure they defend themselves fine. Yeah. I'm sure they do I mean, the best they can, yeah. which the best they can is, like Charles, a little D. Well. And then... Everybody else showed up. Well, let's learn about if, it. If, All it right. if they had any help from any other country, they definitely would have been really good at it as well. So <laughs> It's kind of mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. So when World War II breaks out, uh, obviously Germany kept fucking around and taking over land and then talking to France and England. I was like, no, no, we just wanted just that land. That's it. We're done. We're done now. And then everyone's like, okay, I guess you can just have that land. Fine, whatever. And then Germany's like, all right, we're going to take some more land and then invade Poland. What? And then everyone's like, all right, fine. Fuck you, Germany. You can't just keep doing this. You can't trust Nazis? Yeah. So world, that's... Appeasement. Yeah. There's your background for World War II. <laughs> Very small scope. I'll take it. So when the Germans do invade Poland in September of 1390, wow, 1939, mm. France and England declare war on Germany. Now, this is kind of a weird thing. They kind of go into a, what's called the phony war, and we'll go into it a tiny bit. But because France and England join the war, this is what makes it a world war because all of the allies, so everybody else is joining in. So you have Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Canada. Everybody's joining. Yeah. World war. There we go. Yeah, everybody but us, pretty much, at this point. Yeah, we do, like, we try to do economical, not, what's not sabotage, economical, like, we cut off Germany. We're like, we're not going to do business with you anymore. Yeah, we did some sanctions, and then we gave some some weapons to the allies and stuff, but we didn't really do much. Yeah, we didn't, not for a while. We waited until it was about done, and then we're like, we did it! We waited until we got attacked by Japan, and we're like, fuck you! 
You guys are like the substitute in uh, football, in soccer, where he comes on at like the 70th minute and scores a goal. And they're like, yes! It was all us, guys. (laughs) Who scored the last goal? Us. USA! USA! When really England and poor England was fighting mostly by themselves after France got overran. For a while, Jesus Christ. Good job for you guys. I mean, fuck. Way to hold it down. Yeah. But anyway, so... uh, That shit you were talking about when, uh, during the Blitz... Uh, when London was sort of crumbling, and yeah. and uh, Winston was like, "Just live in the sewers," and they were like, "All right." In the subways, yeah. And everyone just did that because they were like, "Well, what the fuck else are we gonna do?" Oh, there's a famous uh, there's a famous American celebrity that was born in the London Underground during the Blitz. Oh, really? Who? Jerry Springer. What? Really? Jerry Springer was born in yeah London Underground during the Blitz. Jeez. Oh my God, I did see a video of him talking Jesus about that. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Yeah, there's your fun fact, another one. Yeah, that's facts. a that's a wild one. <laughs> yeah, and then he went on to go make weird TV. Yeah, he- hedonism, man. Yeah, the, I I I grew up watching those DVDs that I stole. <laughs> oh, so it's very white trash. <laughs> you should have a, like a little thought of the day on uh, People Time. Yeah. Was it, was it thought of the day you used to have at the end of them? It was like, yeah, now yeah, that we've been watching all these hillbillies like stab each other, <laughs> what we've learned from this? <laughs> I don't think they learned much. I think they keep coming back on. <laughs> no, I don't think they've learned much. Uh, so, once France enters the war, Charles is put in command of the 5th Army 5 tank battalions, and he's prepping up. They had the phony war. Have you heard of the phony war? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't hear about it, so you guys are smarter than me. Yeah, it's the first, like, the year of the war where, like, nothing happened on the Western Front. Yeah, so, exactly. That's, yeah. So, I didn't know that. I thought everyone just declared war and was like, all right, attack everybody. Go! But it wasn't. So, they have, like, this kind of eight-month-long period where both England and France and Germany, no one's attacking anybody, really. They're kind of prepping up. I think Germany did attack with some U-boats. They attacked some of the uh, British Navy. But other than that, for the most part, it's just kind of quiet. Everywhere else, though, is still not going great. I mean, Poland is still trying to fight for their lives, and China is fighting Japan. So war is still going on, but when it comes to yeah, the uh, English and the French, Germany is just kind of waiting it out and seeing like what's going to happen. So Scott Bayo is just kind of like prepping and thinking about it. Yeah. Well, I think World War One was lingering, so you're like, oh, fuck, this is going to end bad. Here's another one. And it was kind of like also bad information was getting passed around. Nobody knew exactly what was going on for sure, So, or at least some of the details. Anyway, so Germany finally does attack France on May 10th, 1940. And it doesn't help that Italy decided they were also going to join in and attack France as well. So Italy's working with Germany. Yeah. And Charles, with his 4th Armored Division, go into action, and they, they encounter the Germans at Montcornet, which is in France, and it was it was a disaster. Charles has a, a bunch of his tanks get blown up, like, right away by mines, by planes, dive bombers, oh, people on the ground, everything. No. And he's just losing a bunch of tanks, and he gets ordered to retreat. They're like, pull back, Charles, you're getting your ass handed to you. And he ignores the order. He's like, nope. Uh, fuck this, I need more reinforcements, I'm pushing forward, send me more reinforcements. Ah! They don't send more reinforcements, but he does manage to push Germans back to Comment. Comment? Comment. He pushed into the Comment? And because I can't pronounce the words, I'll just let you know. It's like, he pushes them back something like 50 miles back. Oh, damn. 60 dicks. About 60 dicks, yeah. 
75 kilometers, 60 dicks. Yeah. That is an impressive dick walk, Charles. Yeah. Um, this is against a, a German tank division or just infantry, and they're just like, get the fuck out. I'm actually not sure what the... I think they had tanks for sure, but I don't know exactly what their whole... That unit was made up of. So they were pushing into France. Right. And then he just kind of pushed them back. And it was tanks for sure, anti-tank. Uh, I don't know if they had aircraft, though. I think aircraft was still... Yeah. The airplanes were all still in Poland, but nobody knew that. Like, the French didn't know that. Oh, the Luftwaffe was not fucking around? Not during this attack. Oh, okay. That's probably why he was able to make that headway. Probably, because all of them were... All of Germany's planes were in Poland during this time frame. But anyway, so he doesn't get in trouble for disobeying orders because he kind of brings temporary relief from the Germans pushing into France. And People ask for, what is that, what's that term? Ask for forgiveness? Oh, yeah. Not permission? Yeah, what, yeah ask for, for, yeah, exactly. That's how I live my whole life. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how often I ask for forgiveness? Hmm, all the time? All the time. Because yeah. I, I, you know. Yeah. Yep. Is that because you've asked for permission? It's been granted. I don't know what she's thinking. I I'll give I'll give both of you guys permission all the time. It's fine. You give me permission. Mm-hmm. Both of you. I'm gonna drink more whiskey. Fuck yeah! You have my permission. Bottoms up. Not that you need it, but you you have it. Forgive me I... for what I'm about to do. No problem. <laughs> Dunzo. <laughs> all right. No oh, wait. I only give permission. Not. I don't give forgiveness. Oh. <laughs> You're like the anti-Jesus. Yeah. I always say yes up front, but if you do without asking, mm-mm. <laughs> I would much sooner go to your church. Yeah. Than that. Yeah. Well, anyway, so... Gay bombs away! <laughs> so, this does only provide temporary relief, as I was saying. The Germans are only held off, you know, momentarily. Because on May 20th, Charles and his men are forced to retreat against an unstoppable German advance. A couple days later, Charles is promoted to a brigadier general. Ooh. And a few days after that, he ends up leading an attack on Germany's men at Abbeville. Mm-hmm. And he was able to capture about 400 German soldiers. Oh, fuck yes. Yeah, so his attack is okay. So, I, and you're, you're right, I didn't really, I mean, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't know shit about anything anyway. I never really thought about the counter-offensive that the French would have to push Germany back out. Yeah. In my mind, they just sort of walked in, and the French were like, ah! Yeah, I just thought they just sweeped it, like Blitzkrieg. They just went straight and just did everything. This is kind of the thing that I've found a lot. While doing research, there's actually a lot of people that debate about this or the topic that comes up. And really what it comes down to is France is getting attacked in a couple different places at once with the help of the Italians helping Germany. Right. But it, they did still sweep them. So you've got a couple of the battles I'm talking about right now are probably the more successful ones. And then after that, it's just like, bleh. Because I was going to say, like, if you watch, there's, like, videos where you can watch, like, World War II line movements, right? Mm-hmm. And Germany just kind of just, whoop, yeah. it. So any, any pushback must have been so brief that... I was going to say, so it's actually within a 10-day period. So what happens is when Germany first pushes in, they're like, huh, and then 10 days... They get pushed back, and then after that's like, it's just one big wipe after that. So, it's really weird, like what the French did. They like they really fortified the border between France and Germany. They made like the Maginot Line, and then thought, oh, Germany came in through Belgium in the First World War, but they won't do that again. We won't need to worry about that. That'd be all right. And then they went through Belgium, and they're like, what 
the fuck? Yeah. I did not see this coming. I saw. I, I thought the exact same thing doing the research when I was looking up. <laughs> Literally, no one would have predicted this, <laughs> right? I I thought to myself like that. This plan has so many variables that if one of them changes, then the whole thing gets ruined. And you're like hoping that all the variables stay the way you'd like them to, but then one did flip, and then they're like, oh, okay, well that didn't work. Sorry, they they coming in. Oh, fuck me, I guess. That didn't make any sense. No, yeah. It was a terrible idea. Can we... Obviously. Look, I know I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a dick, maybe even racist, but can we just put it on the table now that the French are idiots? No. Let's just put it on the table now. <laughs> Gotta be nice to everybody. Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> I like this. This is why this podcast may work. You appeal to the people that are like, yeah, I agree with them. America! And I'm the, I'm the soft-hearted, like, come on, don't. Be nice. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Well, now we got knackers. I wonder how knackers is. Which ones do they pull towards? Yeah, where do you guys stand on being nice? Being nice to the French. Don't know how we feel about that. It's not really on our history. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. I like that you guys have just been at like battle forever. It seems like it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, we just have to keep them in their place. They. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they act up sometimes we just need to give them a little slap there we go keep reminding them every now and then <laughs> you silly little frogs <laughs> smack 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 all right we'll help you against germany Ugh, i guess some people did get mad they thought that britain should have jumped in sooner to help out with france and they think that that might have ended the war i think this is a really kind of far-fetched theory that maybe the war would have ended around that area but i don't think so for one and two i think england was fortifying their own like you guys were fortifying your own country for like a home I think invasion we were strong enough at that point were we i think we were just like we didn't have the manpower or anything like we no. i don't know i suppose like naively weren't expecting war as well i think that yeah happened because they they call it the german war machine i think really yeah. nobody was fucking prepared for it well, and from my understanding, uh, yeah, from what I, I got from my research was when once Britain did declare war on Germany, you guys were starting to build up your stuff and fortify your homeland. Because you're like, okay, if they do come in and take over France, this is going to be a pretty hard to fight. So we need to... I'm certain that's what they had their eyes on. They wanted to jump into London as quickly as possible. Yeah. But anyways... Yeah, there's still... Um, sorry, there's like... Um, a, where we live at the moment, they're like the southeast coast, like the closest place to france so there's still like a load of like um pillboxes and the the raf base is just up the road and stuff from the war and oh, there's, wow. um i don't know if you've ever heard of dover but dover castle still has all like the war tunnels and stuff from That's the crazy. second world war that you can go visit and stuff yes uh still it's remnants of, of the second world war there and uh the evacuation of dunkirk or like the um there's loads of still like load of plaques and stuff saying this how many boats went out from this harbor and this harbor and stuff like that that's so cool. Yeah, it's badass. I want to go see it. Yeah, we have nothing like that over here. Not really, no. We have, the Alamo, remember it. We have remnants of that battle when the Mormons killed all those uh, indigenous people. <laughs> oh, do we really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. There's uh, like a plaque where they're like, fuck Mormons. Really? Fuck Mormons. I want to see the plaque for the Donner Party. <laughs> That's over here. Yeah. Yeah. That The Donner Party is about on the scale as heroic as world war Two, yeah the heroism and the self-sacrifice it's, like, <laughs> self it's like right there do you know too much about the donner party i don't know anything about it 
So the Donner Party is something that's very Utah known for sure because it involves, one, the major religion here, which is Mormons, but it's also happened between Utah and Nevada, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just west of us. But it's a party of, of Mormon pioneers who were traveling from the east to the west, and a bunch of them got lost, and it was winter time, and they were freezing, and some of them ate the other ones to survive. Yeah, they committed, like, the largest scale cannibalism that is recorded. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think I've, I've seen like a film by the um, Matt Stone and Trey Parker from South Park yep. with like Cannibal the Musical. Is it based on yep. that? It is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so Did they sing the... Let's Build a Snowman? <laughs> <laughs> let's build a that's... snowman, then I'm going to eat you. Yeah, let's eat the snowman. <laughs> that's someone you need to do a people time on. Uh, is it Joseph Smith from uh, the Mormon? <laughs> yeah. We've that's talked about this. Story. We got our eyes on him. We've talked about it, I think, dozens of times. Uh-huh. But uh, we how would people of... in Utah feel about that, though? So that's the problem is that we, yeah. I think most of the people that we associate with would be fine. But our families, <laughs> I think, deal with our general perversion because we haven't tapped into their hero. Yeah. But if we tap into their, their prophet, I don't know if I'm going to be invited back to my grandma's house. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah. Maybe you should just not do any like religious figures. Definitely don't do Muhammad. I like you guys too much to be <laughs> for them to declare war on people time. I don't know. You know, Salman Rushdie's not that great of a writer, but we all know who he is. I mean, maybe people time to take off. We're, we're in hiding, bitch. We're in a bunker. Ah, I'm in a cave. Come find me. I got drawings of Muhammad or everywhere. <laughs> I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him. We're doing people time on VHS tapes. <laughs> but anyway, sorry to get back into the story with Charles. So when he's captured his 400 German soldiers, he was been recorded to like to stand up on a high ground area smart and then just make fun of his own officers like that's what he did what like it's been it's reported that like, he just would get up and after he captured everybody he's like yeah we're the greatest by the way you did a fucking stupid job you're dumb and you don't trip what hey look at your own feet when you walk if you have to you idiot, idiot. god so he just sit there and like criticize him where were your robots eh? yeah right so that's the same shit as he was doing with his toys where he just Stands above everyone and tries to direct them. Yeah. Just stands on the table and just yells at his toys. Idiots. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. God. Uh... So Charles is called back to Paris. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's called back to Paris after they continue fighting for a little while. And he's given a new position under Secretary of State of National Defense of War. So he's getting higher up into his political status. Sweet. Which is weird to me. I always think about this like one year on the film, like killing people. And the next year, like, you know, so I'm in the parliament and I need to make some mm. bills. But anyway, so he's, he accepts the position, of course. And he meets up with the army commander in chief, Maxime Weygand. Sure. And Maxime is a douchebag. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you why later. But he is. Um, he's actually about to announce that the French is going to surrender because that's what they do. Most of all the battles happening right now are all going terribly, and Germany is just moving in. Yeah. And honestly, Maxime wanted to actually uh, surrender sooner. Once he found out the Italians had joined in to help Germany, he was like, "It's over. Let's just surrender now. I'm done. I don't even want to. Maybe they'll just leave us with enough people that we can have just our own." I'm so drunk. I just don't even want to. Can we just call it, guys? Can we just call it? I just. I'm just going to go lay down. And his thought isn't weird. A lot of 
higher end leaders are feeling the same way. Like, oh, we're, we're fucked. Let's just make a truce with Germany. I mean, I guess like less people will die. Yeah. What's the worst that Germany can do, eh? <laughs> right? right. What's the? Fuck you. But Charles is not like this I'm man. I'm gonna concentrate on this. Charles is convinced. He's like, no, no, no. We can still win this fight. He yells at Maxine to fight on. He's like, dude, let's do this. Let's do it for France. Let's not give up. And Maxine merely laughs despairingly like, you don't understand. We're dead. (laughs) We're fucked. I'm a weakling. I'm a wuss. Yeah. Let's keep going, Charles. (laughs) Yeah. That's what you say. He just pulls out a gun and starts loading and pointing his own head. (laughs) It's over. Is that fun for you? So Maxime, uh, yeah, he wanted to surrender, obviously, earlier even than this. So he's not getting convinced by Charles, who's trying to talk him into keep on going. And, yeah, uh, Maxime's best thoughts on it was that he hoped that they would get armistice and then Germans would at least leave France with enough military to remain, like, to maintain order in France just to kind of keep the people. That's why he's like, maybe we'll, maybe we'll still be fine. Maybe this is, that's not even a great, like, we'll we'll still be taken over and and fucked over completely, but maybe it's not so bad. (laughs) So Charles decides, he's like, hey, fuck Maxine then. He flies to London. He meets up with Prime Minister Winston Churchill for the first time. Ooh. And Charles was trying to convince Churchill, oh, you got the, what's what's your guys' national theme? Oh, it's God Save the Queen. It's shit. Oh, that's right. <laughs> shit. Oh, yeah. It's dreary as shit. <laughs> oh my god. It's the same melody as that as our anthem. Is it? Yeah. What's our Well we have an anthem with that melody. Yeah. How's that go? Oh, is it like my country tis of thee? Or something? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sweet yeah. land of liberty. We just ripped you guys off. Fuck huh? me in my face. <laughs> yeah. Weird. We took your language and we made it better. It's a lot better. You get to fuck your sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And we pretend to be like above the whole aristocracy thing. Like we, we, oh, like we, we do. We don't have a queen, but Beyonce's from here. Right. So, <laughs> God damn it, I would kill everyone to have five minutes with Beyonce. <laughs> I wouldn't blame you. Uh, if you came up to me like, I have to, Beyonce, I'd be like, uh-huh, I know, I, I get it. I understand. I have, right. I, have to, I have to kill everyone. Uh-huh. I'm not crazy. Is it going to be brutal or is it, is it going to not hurt? No, it's going to be brutal. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. By, by her request, <laughs> I have to take your skin off. I have to torture you. I have to take all your skin and give it to her. Uh, and I'd be like, she, I, I, hey. Do good. I got <laughs> do do well. <laughs> I believe in you. So, uh, yeah, Charles is trying to convince uh, Churchill to put more Royal Air Force fighters into the Battle of France, but Churchill is, isn't able to meet this request. He's obviously working with his own Parliament. He's trying to get everything prepped up for war himself, so he's not able to. But Charles returns back to Paris because he wants to defend the city, uh, Paris, until the last man. Because Germany's just rolling in further and further. Maxime uh, had other plans for the French government to be moved from Paris to the city called Tours. Tours. Yeah, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. It's how it's spelled. Tours. Tours. And so... Just without the S. Oh, shit. I still can't pronounce it right. It's Tour? (laughs) God damn it. Wait, there's an S in the word, though? Yeah. Fucking French. I only know because I've been there. I'm just going to sound like ridiculously English here, but do you mind if I make a cup of tea? (laughs)
So Charles, yeah, he tried to go convince Winston Churchill to go help him out. Um, Winston's not able to, so he goes back to Paris. He says to Maxime, he's like, hey, like, let's fight to the last man. And Maxime's like, nah, I've got other plans. We're moving the government to Tours. Right. And uh, Paris is just going to get taken over. So Charles, when he finds out about this, he's like, okay, this is stupid. So he goes and has a bunch of series of meetings with both the French and British officials and insists that they continue fighting. And it actually impresses the Brits. They're like, wow, all these French people are just giving up. But they got this one guy who's not only not giving up, but he's against his own Frenchman about, like, just jumping on board. Like, okay, I get it. No, they're like, cool. So we have one guy who actually wants to fight. I agree with the other dude, Maxime. What? You know. That's not you. Well, if I were French, yeah, <laughs> sit down. No. Sit down and let the grown-ups come handle this. Well, Charles decides to go back to London, and he wants to talk about maybe trying to get French to withdraw into northern Africa to, like, regroup, build back up, and then go in and try to take back over. Mm. But that does Vichy? Wow, we're getting into that, yeah. Yeah. And so, but it doesn't really end up happening. He returns back to France later that day to discover that the French Prime Minister, Renaud, is how it's spelled. Renaud. Renaud. That's how you say <laughs> it in French. I think it's Renaud. Yeah. He, he just resigned and is being replaced by... Hmm? <gasps> what? Pétain. Really? His old commander is going to be the Prime Minister of France. Wow. Isn't that weird? Hey. Oh, that's weird. I mean... No people in high places. Yeah, so he's now in charge. And the last thing he did with Pitan was write a book without him that he didn't like happened. (laughs) So, and he is intent on signing the armistice agreement with Germany to basically say, all right, all right, we surrender, basically. You can do what you're going to do, but you got to give us some stuff. And Germany's like, well, if you let us use these areas and base here and don't resist anymore and do that, then we won't do these so, things that you've asked so pretty much that's like okay i'm gonna bend over mm-hmm. and you can do ball stuff germany gets all the but stuff don't, and france don't, gets hardly anything don't tickle my ears don't and they're like yes and they're like well actually we are still gonna tickle your ears T- tickle my rear but not my ears we're actually just gonna grab them <laughs> as handles and france's like okay but can okay. you do it softly and germany's like nah no <laughs> we're gonna grope everything in sight so essentially, what really the only agreement to it is that don't kill us, and then <laughs> we'll just hang around here, and you can use all our stuff. And Jeremy's like, that sounds fine. We won't keep killing you guys. Oh my god, that sounds... But this base is now ours. Depressingly hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> all your base belongs to us. <laughs> so when this happens, Charles is like, fuck this. This is stupid. And he goes back to England again, because he's like, I gotta go flee. Like, I'm not gonna be... I'm not going to be under German control. This is stupid. So that's, but that was like a, like, you don't, you can't just leave. He had to, like, escape. Pretty much. I mean. Secretly. Part of his fleeing is actually kind of funny because he, he goes to a boat. Because, like, a lot of way of getting around airplanes, airports have been shut down, all that shit. Yeah. So he goes towards a boat, and it's not set for London. But he goes up to the skipper and he's like, hey, how do you feel like about continuing to fight for the freedom of France? And of course the skipper's like, well, yeah. Resist off. And he's like, cool, how do, how do you feel about doing it underneath the British flag? By the way, this is now an order. Take this ship to England. And it's kind of cool because it has a bunch of munitions on it too. Yeah. And they do. They listen to them. And so they drive it and it gets back to Patain. And they're like, you can't do that. That's our... Patain. Patain. Thank you. I got the dual lingo from England. Perfect. Peyton is like, 
hey, you can't do that. And they actually put out a essentially like a warrant or whatever. They're like, you are doing treasonous acts, so if you come back, we're going to capture you. Treason? Yeah. It's a little extreme there, Peyton. It's kind of stupid. Peyton Manning. Oh, we used to be bezies, man. Come on. We used to give each other uh, joint tugs. Until he started making a book without him again. You didn't. You didn't put in the book when we wanked each other off. Come on, that should be the first chapter. It should be every chapter. Magical time of my life, and you won't acknowledge it. Chapter one, taking off my pants. Chapter two, his gentle hand. Uh, chapter three. <laughs> chapter three, his rough hand. Jerkins is on sale. <laughs> Whoa. Chapter four, Peyton's panties. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, when Charles gets back to London, um, he calls the old prime minister who just barely resigned because he knows that he still is in control of government money until he has to hand it over the following day to... Sure. Yeah. So when he, when he calls him up, he's like, dude, come to England. Let's continue this fight. Bring a bunch of money. Let's help fund Britain so that way we can continue fighting okay. for France. I agree with that. And uh, yeah, the old prime minister is like, nah, nah. I'm not coming to London. So that doesn't happen. To be, to be fair, like, <laughs> if you're saying, like, to the, the French Prime Minister, come to our old enemy and let's give all our money to England. <laughs> our old enemy. It's true. <laughs> For France. Remember those guys who fucking hate us? Yeah. Let's hit them up. At the same time, you're like, you know how those people are taking us over right now? <laughs> let's not have that happen anymore. <laughs> it's kind of a double-edged sword there. Yeah. France was put into a, a hard spot. But a rock and a hard Nazi. Winston Churchill's pretty cool here because he tells Charles, he's like, I think you should get on the BBC radio and address the French people and like try to keep them rallied up and maybe we can get yeah. something going here. So he does that. Charles gets on the radio and he encourages his own countrymen to be brave during the German occupation and to resist as best as they can. Resistance! Resistance. And the next day, Charles gave another broadcast, but this time he is extremely critical of... Paytan's government, and he denounces its legitimacy. He's like, no, this is bullshit. They're not even the real French government anymore. What does that even mean? Fuck them. What does what mean? He doesn't agree that it's a legitimate government? Yeah. He's like, basically, France has fallen, and these guys are rolling over, so yeah. let's not do that anymore. He's not a, he's not a fan of how like it's going. Puppet state from... Yeah. Like uh, Hitler made it into a puppet state. Exactly. Okay. So that's why he's against it. Cause so I see. When you brought up the Vichy, that's what uh, Pétain is. He's saying that's the legitimate French government. Yeah, so Pétain is kind but of the on the Vichy. Vichy have no alliances to anybody. The Vichy even fired on the Americans when we were like, we're here to help. That's later on, though. Yeah, I guess. They get a I think Vichy, Vichy France, like, allied a bit with that axis. Yeah. They, they were, like, uh, um, collaborating. Some even joined up the military on the German side. Fucking French. So this is why... <laughs> Charles is against all of this because he's like, don't, like, that's just ruining everything. Yeah. So they're not a real government. All these political movements that are going on inside there are all fucked up. Don't, don't listen to it. Yikes. Um, on June 22nd of 1940, France signed the armistice with Nazi Germany. And the same day, Charles took to BBC again, once again, just saying the same stuff. He's denouncing that they should have surrendered. He's denouncing the French government to be, you know, its legitimacy is just it's yeah. shit. Good for you, Charles. I'm pretty sure that um sorry a, a little uh, a little fun fact um yeah. I'm pretty sure that uh in the after the first world war the armistice was signed in a train carriage in like 1919 uh in France and then after the fall of France Hitler had the same train carriage 
uh, transported to where they signed the armistice in France for them to then surrender to the Germans in the same train carriage. Yep, it was like Hitler was trying to fucking like add some sting to that the. That was a huge slap in the face. Hitler thought it was yeah. pretty funny, so. It's like, you know what would be hilarious? It's like, remember that time when you guys made us sign this? Dude. So check this out. We're going to do it in the same place, but when, with you guys. Hey, look it. around. you know where you are? Do you know where you are? <laughs> yeah, apparently some of the people who wrote um, the armistice, they like wrote in little, I don't know, try to, they try to like kind of kick it back by saying some along the lines of, you cannot make fun of us and try to make us feel shameful for the way you're going about this or something like that. They tried to like kind of, we, we do not accept that you are, shoving in our faces babies doesn't matter it's happening anyways but anyways yeah you're that's totally right though i wasn't gonna even bring that up on the floor bent over naked getting (laughs) getting pummeled by the germans but they're still saying well no you can't hold this against us we still have our dignity yeah Yeah. i do not accept that you are doing this to me that's all i'm gonna say you are doing it to me but i'm not accepting it i don't this never happened. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> and this is also after this is when they kind of start to see a big split between the bitchy France and free France. So bitchy is what you were talking about there. Uh, it breaks down to a whole bunch they're of different, different. things. Um, they're helping the Germans out. Some of them are doing it by force. Some of them are doing it because they want to. Uh, France is getting split up even more so, which makes sense. Their government's breaking down. I mean, yeah, I think it is surprising how many factions you end up with. Yeah. Yeah. Even factions within side factions. I don't know. It gets it, weird. Free France is the other side, is what they call themselves. And this is the side that Charles is on. As a matter of fact, in June 28th, the British government actually recognizes Charles as the leader of Free France. Ooh. So he's kind of on this political side that's all about continue fighting, save France. And then you got the bitches who are like, we've already joined the Germans. Fuck it. Hmm. I like to. I like to. Yeah. It's just hassle doing any paperwork now. We're just gonna maintain this. You have to change sides. Nah, Germans are already here. Or might as well just do what they tell us. I'm just. I'm just so drunk and lazy, and I just don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. So I do like thinking that, you know, the French resistance was listening to this asshole who, I like his intentions. He's got some people. So Charles is actually making pretty big impact with the people who. Who also? They're not. Not all of France agrees that they should be under German rule or that they shouldn't fight back. Yeah. A lot of the political leaders are, and they might be trying to do it, being like, "Well, this might save some of the people from dying." It's like if we revolt, maybe we'll all die. So I mean, there might be some reasoning, but I don't think it's. Uh, I'm kind of on Charles' side a little bit. So resistance, resistance. That's where I'm at. I do like thinking about. Oh, you like... die. La resistance lives on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. South Park. So yeah, this is what Charles is doing for the next few months. He just is giving broadcasts. He gives out a couple each month, denouncing the occupation, the government, saying, stay strong, stay courageous, this is the first. something's going to happen, Britain's coming in, we're going to do stuff, don't worry. Keep your dicks hard, everybody. Yeah, and you can actually listen to some of these broadcasts still. It's actually kind of weird. Yeah, right. His voice is not what I thought it was going to sound like. Does he speak English? French. Uh, Matter of fact, he didn't get to learn French because his father, or he didn't get to learn English because his father, uh, who hated English, uh, <laughs> did not teach his kids English. You will not learn their language. Yeah. They were the enemy. So Unless he was like, you're never going to learn this because the grammar in it is very difficult. So I'd rather you <laughs> learn a Latin language. He's like, you're kind of actually dumb. Maybe you shouldn't learn any languages. <laughs> I, I'm so dumb. I, I interpreted it as racism. <laughs> he was trying to be nice. He's like, you know what? Maybe language and math 
and like science and like interacting with people. It's not for you. It's not for you. Like not... In my mind, I'm like, yeah, because they suck, right, Grandma? It's like you're not born racist, you're taught it, but sometimes inten- unintentionally <laughs> when you just misinterpret it. You can't do these things, but if you, you're good, just play to your strengths. You like jingling shiny things. Just, just do that. <laughs> He's trying to enroll me into a special education school And I'm like, yeah, fucking Mexicans (laughs) He's only four, we can't stop him from saying shit like that (laughs) Anyway, so Charles is able to slowly build up the Free French Army Because he's trying to actually recruit people into an army And he does this over the next couple of years So the war is still going on And Britain is obviously now engaged at this point as well as a few other countries, actually. I think uh, America has joined up by the time he's actually built up a pretty decent army for the French. So what are we, 44, 43? Yeah, April 21st, 1943, and he's about 53 years old, so he's kind of getting there. All right. Yeah. And uh, Charles gets into a plane, which is intended to go to Scotland to go inspect his navy that he'd also built up, but the plane almost crashes upon takeoff uh. because he found that it was sabotaged. Dun-dun-dun. Someone's trying to kill him. Seriously? Oh, yeah. Oh, that sucks. Because he's building up an army, he's pissing off the Germans, he's pissing off the French that are like high leaders are telling him like they told him that he what's it called? Basically he's sentenced to death, even though they can't actually do it right now. Right. So it's just like remotely you're sentenced to death. So his resistance army is <laughs> is uh expat French who've ran over to England. Wait, say that again? His resistance army that he's building up? Yeah. Are these all French people? Yeah, for the most who, part. Who just crossed the channel and been like, I'm with I'm with him. Yeah. So they're the ones that evacuated uh, in Dunkirk. Yeah. Okay. So who who uh sabotaged the plane? Um, that we don't know. They never found out. They just know that it could have been French people. See, that's what I'm thinking. Could have been German. Like a French person who uh spy. who uh Peyton was like, Yeah, go pretend you're part of the resistance and then just kill his ass. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure, it doesn't say here, but I'm pretty sure that he actually went back and forth between England and France more often than uh, was written down. Because mm. it says like he stays in England for the most part for like a few years. But I think he actually is going into safer places of France where he can kind of roam around, talk to people, and then he leaves. That's weird. And then he does the BBC radio stuff. But anyways. Big black cock. Big black cock. In May of... 1943, Charles decides to move his headquarters to French Algiers. So, again, he's like, yeah, he's he's going down south from England. And uh, he becomes the head of the French Committee of National Libertation. Oh, sorry. Liberation. Libertation. Yeah, Libertation. Mm -hmm. But... um, Libertize your country. (laughs) Exactly. That's the the Americanist word ever. Yeah. <laughs> Liber- libertation. Libertation. Libertad. But he's still in communication with Churchill and even the American leaders to the point where he gets involved and invited to the planning of the D-Day invasion in Normandy. Neato. No joke. It's weird because he's not technically... I mean, he's a war guy. He's on the Allied side. They're like, yeah, we'll pick his brain, I guess. Although he knows the fuck out of everybody. <laughs> so he goes into the meetings. Yeah, they, they let Patton in the meetings, man. I guess they were just yeah, but they told Patton desperate. he had to shut up. <laughs> yeah, you don't talk. Shut up. But they can't stop Charles from talking. Imagine all these different like generals going in, like oh. Patton and then De Gaulle. Imagine 
all the other generals are just going, no, listen to me, do my idea. There's got to be at least one guy who's just like respectfully like, okay, it's your turn to talk. No, wait, hold on, he's talking. Wait. And then everyone's just, ah, and he's like, okay. I'll Don't do the robots, do the ninjas. We need ninjas. <laughs> yeah. Shaolin style, guys. I can see it. I can see it. I see we go in there like go-go dancers and just rock the place, you know? Yeah. Pull out like a kick line. Well, like a whole rock and One person line. in the background. No kick line! <laughs> Oh we can God. win the war with our fabulousness. <laughs> They'll never see it coming. So, gay bombs back? Are we doing gay bombs again? <laughs> Let's do it. I'm, I'm on board. Look, I love the gay bomb, but it's not my idea, so I'm not supporting it. Okay? <laughs> my idea... It's most generals, probably. My idea is glass shards. What's scarier than that? <laughs> so, this is what's going on, probably. But, uh, yeah, Charles can't stop talking. Like, unlike Patton, who was warned, like, don't say anything... Charles is annoying everybody. I mean, he doesn't have a boss, so... And America refuses to see him as the rightful leader of France, because that's what he's trying to claim to be, basically. He's like, there's no government. I'm going to take it over. Don't worry. Uh, I'm going to help the Allies. But America's like, you're not, though. You're, you're just a guy. And that's fine. You're a military guy, but you're not the guy for yeah, France. Yeah, we'll, we'll use your resistance army or whatever, but... Yeah. I think they were more interested in liberating France, and it sounds like the Gaul was more interested in... Uh... Well, stroking his war cock. Honestly, from what I got from it all was that all everybody besides <laughs> besides Charles is like, here's what we're going to do for World War II. And they're starting to plan stuff out. And Charles in the corner will be like, I'm France. I am France. I'm the king of France. I'm the princess of France. I'm the president. And everyone's like, okay, that's fine. Sure. sure. <laughs> but that sounds kind of like what I was going. So we're going to land in Normandy. You're going to land in me. You're gonna land in my Normandy. You're gonna land Say in my Charles's Normandy. Normandy. It's, it's Charles's Normandy. It's actually called Charles Land now. <laughs> it's actually all Charles Land. Every province, every town is, is Charles Land. Yeah. You dicks. I don't know why you don't respect it when I say that. <laughs> so Charles, he returns back. Let, to... let me show you my toys. I got a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. One guy's actually like, "Have you guys seen this? It's actually not bad." <laughs> Dude, these are badass. Some of these are collectibles. He, he grabs it from him. This he took them out of the box. <laughs> Don't! <laughs> and he got a new, new little like beef eater one from London, like the little tourist one. He's like, "This is my new little soldier." <laughs> a beefy one. <laughs> That's how he walks. I don't know. So yeah, Charles returns back to Britain in 1944, um, where Churchill asks him to address the French people again. But this time, Charles refuses because when he looks at the script, he's like, "This doesn't state that I am." The king of France. The, I am the president of France, right? So I'm not going to read it. And Fucking Churchill's pretty patient with him, it sounds like, for the most part. He keeps on talking to him being like, look, man, a lot of crazy stuff going on. Let's figure this out after the war, maybe. We'll help you out. We'll gonna, do what we can. We're going to talk through all your feelings later. And then Charles starts bitching about how America won't recognize him as being the head of the government for France. Mom! So Churchill tries to tell him, he's like, look, maybe you should go visit Roosevelt over in America and build a better relationship so that way maybe they'll recognize sure. you. Charles takes offense to this because he's like... Churchill's just stroking Charles's hair going, you're my king. <laughs> Who's a good boy? You're fine. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so he gets upset. He's like, I shouldn't have to prove that I am the leader of France to other countries. Like, it, it's my country. It's clearly mine. And so, but, but you're the one who's who's complaining that they're not uh, acknowledging it, and you're really not, because 
Whatever. Anyways. These are the worst personalities. Yeah. But he is still helping. These kinds of people. I, I do say he bitches a lot and stuff. It, it is noted that he did help with some tactics and different things in the military. He's not completely just like... Sure, but... But he's but he's too too much. Yeah, he's a prick. <laughs> so Charles um, and Churchill get into a bit of an <laughs> argument at this point. And Charles was afraid that once Germans lost and pulled out of France, that the country would then be overtaken by communism. So he was trying to convince them, like, this is why you need to help me become the president once Germans are defeated. And why the Americans should also acknowledge this, because they're going to be there helping as well. And it's kind of strange, because Churchill eventually loses his temper with Charles and tells him that Britain will always be an ally with the U.S. And that if they ever had to choose between France and the U.S., he would choose the U.S. every time. And Charles is like, I knew this all along. I knew this was how it would be with you guys, you Englishmen. And and Winston's just trying to say, like, look, you're going against America, which means you're going against the Allies. He's breaking which up with is, I'm a part. Yeah. <laughs> so is, is America better in bed than I am? Just tell me. Is he bigger than me? <laughs> As asparagus is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> does he have more robots? He, he does, yes. He doesn't have more action figures, though, right? Well, buddy, you know. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Look, man, we can still be friends. <laughs> we can be friends. Just go over there. It's not you. It's me. Look, America's coming over soon. I don't really want you. I don't want them to see you here with me. I don't want your shit in my apartment <laughs> when they come over because that's just going to be an awkward conversation for me. And you're great. You're great. I'll I'll text you later. Yeah. Uh, probably. So they have a bit of a falling out, and I mean, it gets to the point where uh, Charles even calls Churchill a gangster. And then Churchill accuses Charles what, of treason. What a, what a deep cut that is. Um, but it's not a... <laughs> you gangster. <laughs> He's a gangster. Ouch. We thought we were something. I thought I changed your diaper. <laughs> so many times, Charles. As an adult? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a little baby boy. Yeah. Now, it's not a complete falling out, but they are like upset with each other and... Churchill will later even come out and say, look, Charles is, I get it, his country's been overtaken. I get this is probably really hard for him. He just wants to do what's best for them. He wants to go and be a leader <laughs> and solve all the problems. This is still more breakup talk. <laughs> look, I get it. You know, his dad passed away. He's having a really hard month. Like, they cut back hours at work. He's just a piece of shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's still, and he does tell Charles, he's like, look, I'll help you with... <laughs> With the election stuff, when Germans out, we'll try to get your guys' country back together. Whatever. I'll help you move out. I'll use my truck at least. I'm not going to carry anything. No, I'll give you some boxes. But they do show a, a sign of respect to each other in public. They still, you know, we're broken up, but no, it's he's he's a good person. He's a good person. <laughs> Just smile for the cameras. I'll always love you. Sorry, sorry, America's calling. You said un- you wouldn't talk about that in front of me. Did you unfollow me on Instagram? <laughs> What the fuck is that? <laughs> Don't unfriend me. It's just at two in the morning, look at all the pictures of Britain and America together. Just <laughs> oh, by myself. Don't, Don't wanna, wanna be. be. And also, stop talking to Australia because it makes them feel awkward. <laughs> Australia's like, why are you talking to us, France? <laughs> what the fuck is this? And France is like, no, sh- shut up, come on, just like, <laughs> he's looking over this way right now, he's looking, hey, oh, Australia, man, you're so oh. big island, you're like a country and an island, oh it's my. weird, and a continent, that's even better than England. 
England's not even a continent. And then England just walks right past, doesn't even hear it, huh? And you're like, God damn it! <laughs> and you have better it's weather. so hot down Kangaroos here. are my favorite. It's so hot down here. Oh, it's so hot. <laughs> Sweltering. Oh, yeah, he's looking, he's looking. Isn't that that island full of our fucking criminals? <laughs> I just really want to go down under. <laughs> he goes down more than England ever did. But Churchill, he he supports Charles's army um, because he has built up his own kind of you know resistance army, and tells the public like Charles is the spirit of the army, perhaps the last survivor of the warrior race, and he tries to give him kind of still some oomph. Um, kind of the same with how it was with Charles and his old commander, where the commander keeps on helping him, but Charles is like, I only come do when I need you. Kind of does the same thing with Churchill a little bit. So He just uses people. Yeah, He feels like he's always right, and if no one's agreeing with him, then they suck. But if he can, if they can help him with what he needs specifically on certain things, then, then he'll take it. But anyways, in the wake of uh, D-Day, the Free French Army, Charles's army, Ooh. lands in southern France, and they were actually an instrumental, like, needed thing for pushing back the Germans. I didn't know this. I thought it was all England and, and I thought it was all the Allied forces minus France. Yeah. But apparently they, from the south, they kind of helped pushed up and helped drive out the Germans. But on June 14th, 1944, Charles returns to France and travels through the newly liberated towns because Hello? a German is now out of their... Hello, I'm your uh, king. For the Hello? most part. Hello, I'm your king. Hello. And he's received well by the French. He establishes <laughs> the capital of free France in Bayeux, which I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm pronouncing right because it's not spelled that way. I had to go look it up. But I could be wrong. Ooh. Maybe it's... And then he uh, heads to Rome, where he met the newly installed Italian government. From there, Charles then flies to Washington for the first meeting with President Roosevelt. So he's Ooh. trying to go to all these big, you know, all the other countries, big leaders. And he's like, I'm a leader too. I'm a leader of France. Dude, I'm so in this mix. And Charles tries to convince Roosevelt to help him prioritize in Paris to build back up the government in fear that it might be overtaken by communism. Sure. So he's pitching the same thing that he did to, uh, to Winston. And Roosevelt isn't really concerned with Paris that much. He's like, I've got way, a lot of stuff still going on, bro. Like, I'm not really that. Dude, I got my eyes on Berlin. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. However, the Supreme Allied Commander, Dwight D. Eisenhower, mm. tells Charles that he will help him prioritize Paris. Toe face fuck. Yeah, he's like, all right, you guys need some help getting your country back up. We're, we're starting to end the war now. It looks like we're getting there. Let's go ahead and we'll, we'll help you out. We just walked in and... He got he got pity fuck by the Americans. Yeah. More of this. <laughs> yeah. We just walked in. We'd like to take all the uh, victory. So yeah, yeah, we'll help you out. Yeah, sure. We did everything. Yeah, we were. I think we were here the whole time. Weren't right? Yeah, we were here the whole time. Were we? Yes. Yeah. De Gaulle. Were Say we? That we were France. Say that we were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and France is like sure. Like, I, I guess man. we got taken over. <laughs> just, and... Just get them out of my fucking country. So Eisenhower also permits the Free French Army to be the first ones to actually enter into the French capital. Woohoo! So like that way, it makes it look like it's his army, it's his you know thing. He's helped liberating, so it kind of gives him a little bit higher status. Cheese for everyone. Yeah, I love cheese. Can't have it, but I love it. On August twenty sixth, nineteen forty four, Charles does enter Paris in a triumphant march into Paris. He is marching down towards Notre Dame Cathedral. 
It came under machine gun fire from the Vichy government militia who were trying to still, I don't know, I guess take over themselves as well. Be something. Well, it's like there's a lot of fighting of like who was going to be the government heads, and so there's just a lot of craziness going on. So uh, a BBC reporter who was there reported a Charles demeanor as he confidently marched towards a hill of fire without hesitation. His shoulders flung back and walked right down the center aisle. Even while the bullets were pouring about him, it was the most... Ex- that sounds really camp. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> his shoulders flown back, his arms out, and he was skipping. He was skipping past the bullets. Nazis, stop firing at me. It was the most extraordinary thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a new American boyfriend now. I'm parading it around. You guys know Eisenhower? <laughs> you, you're aware of Eisenhower? That was, that was the real thing he did, see? Is he was talking... He's trying to get Winston all... No... Mm-hmm. Jealous. Jealous. And instead of going for Australia, he's like, no, I'll just go for Winston's boyfriend. That way, that will really get him. <laughs> that might actually hurt Winston. Yeah. Winston's fine, by the way. He Winston's just, totally fine. That's, that's the real reason why England doesn't like France today, because <laughs> they stole our boyfriend. He texted Winston at 2.30 in the morning a picture of him and Ike. And he's just like, check it out. So Charles luckily doesn't get shot while he's walking down all courageously, or maybe kind of funny. King of France, uh, hello. Yeah. Hello. Apparently, it's inspiring to a lot of people. The bitch, he get pushed out, and yeah. he ends up talking to a bunch of people, saying like, "Hey, we've liberated France." He says like a really big speech about how the French people are are awesome, and it's pretty much all of them who did all of this. You guys are cool, man. Yeah, but he's like, the enemy is still technically on our soil, so let's go go take them down. Let's go push them out of our land. This is our land. Let's go show them vengeance for what they've done to us. <laughs> and the French people are like, Oh, yeah, we fucking love you. And stuff. <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You're cool, man. But hey, all right. What are we doing? So that's essentially what's going on. They go and they, they push want, out the rest of... I want Charles and... To, to, to. Kill the Nazis. Is that what the chant they had? Mm-hmm. Is that where that melody comes from? So they push out the rest of their enemies. Less than a month later, a provisional government of the French Republic is established on September 10th, 1944. Charles then tours the country to meet with people. Essentially, they're trying to have debates about what kind of government type they're going to have. Mm. Charles wants a very specific one that not really everybody is on board with. They end up kind of landing on a three-party system. So they didn't... Oh, like they're rebuilding their whole government concept? Uh, kind of, sort of. I mean, they want to go with a democracy, but they're trying to now decide if they want to go with the exact same old system or if they're going to do something different. And they actually let people vote to do what government type they should do. Weird. I should note this because I almost forgot. It's one of the, like one of my favorite parts. Before they do this, in 1944, they have a, what's called the legal purge, mm. which is this idea to establish punishment for traitors during the time that they were being occupied by Germany. <laughs> yeah. So they're taking people who are French and being like, you were helping the Germans? Huh. You're going on trial. That's fun. For treason. So here we go. And this would even include his old commander, Peyton. Oh, shit. Yeah. His ex-boyfriend? His ex-boyfriend. Oh, no. And... This is what you get for not writing about me. <laughs> Yeah. You didn't acknowledge our beautiful tug jobs. And, I mean, because these guys really were helping the Germans out, and there was over 2,000 people that got end up, end up getting sentenced to death because they were like, Whoa. you guys were... He's like, you called me a traitor? Traitor! Yeah. Bam! And then he's got a bunch of people around him who are all like, yeah. And Peyton's like, traitor's going to trait. What? You're a traitor's traitor. God, I'm going to hang you so good. I'm going to jerk it. They actually don't end up Violently. sending... Uh, 
Paytan to death because, well, he's old. He's an old World War One hero, but they still imprison him for life. Like, all right, you won't be killed, but you don't get your freedom anymore. I love people time. Yeah. I had no idea that the de facto president of France mm-hmm. was sentenced to prison as a traitor because he refused to fight and, in the occupation. Yeah, and was helping the Germans when they occupied him. And he was like a massive, like, revered military hero in the First World War and then a military, well, just like a villain in the Second World yeah, War. Yeah, isn't that weird? History is hilarious. Yeah, it's awesome. It's fucking cool. <laughs> I love this fucking podcast. Ah. Yeah. You learned so much. I suck my own dick right now. Uh, well, I mean, uh, yeah. We could suck each other. I mean, that that's might a, be... That's a completely different podcast. <laughs> which I would listen to. I'd definitely <laughs> listen to that. We got one listener already, buddy. Let's start another one. <laughs> <laughs> this is really working out. <laughs> well, the other guy, too, that I mentioned before, if you remember Maxime Wagan, the one I said, the douchebag. Yeah. Yeah. He also gets this similar sentence where they're like, all right, you're an old hero, so... You won't be sentenced to death, but you are going to go to prison for your, the rest of your life. However, later on, he eventually gets acquitted. So he's, he spends some time in prison. But but it's mostly like the younger, bitchy guys they hung. Yeah. Wow. To death. To death. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I'm me- so hung, I'm dying. Dude, it's like metal, bro. They hung up <laughs> fucking death. I'm going to murder you till you're dead. Ugh. Yeah. Guitar solo. So in May of 1945, the Germans surrender, and they signed the armistice with France. Which made me so sad that they didn't do this. So they make the Germans, you know, once they surrender, they make them uh, sign the armistice. I guess they don't make it, but they don't have really, sure. they don't really have any choices. If I was France, I'd be like, we're going to go back to that box car, Get that, that carriage. Train car. <laughs> yeah. Get that train carriage, bring it to Paris. <laughs> it's whoever has it last. But they don't. They go to Berlin, which I was like, fucking missed opportunity. I mean, that's kind of a slap in the face, too. Like, in your own In land. their capital. Like, yeah. sign here. Does this say that I'm a stupid pussy? Yeah, yeah, it does. Go ahead. Sign it. Sign it. Go ahead. I'm a stupid pussy. Are they acknowledging it, though? <laughs> Acknowledge it. Look, yep. look me in the eyes. <laughs> Shake your head. I'm going to sign it, but I'm not accepting this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I will burn your shit down. Look me in the eyes. And this is now where I've... Sorry, I jumped ahead a little bit. This is now where he's doing the touring and trying to get his government set up so that they're voting. They're trying to decide what kind of exact government type they're going to do. They land on the three-party system, essentially, of democracy and... Like three branches? Yeah. Okay. So Charles, he goes on to... He's not president yet, but the day that victory is proclaimed throughout Europe, riots actually start breaking out in French Tunisia. Tunisia, yeah. Thank you. So Tunisia. Af- Africa. Yeah, northern Africa. So it's a small providence. And 12 days later, the French <laughs> artillery are fired on, or the, the French artillery fire on demonstrators, leaving hundreds dead. Oh, bummer. Yeah, so this gets kind of crazy. Charles also goes, he gets into a dispute with Britain over the control of Syria and Lebanon. Charles established a base there and was like, yeah, we're going to take over this area, which is fucking weird. Yeah. This is all happening like pretty quickly. It's like almost like he's trying to established more than just France and was trying to I don't know so what was going through his head days after liberation he's like let's also become imperialistic days and weeks yeah like while everything is a little bit a little bit uh, un, un, like loose yeah maybe let's, let's take some land this, it kind of seems that way which who the fuck wants Syria I don't know I, apparently everybody though it's like this gets fought over I think, over. Um, I think Britain and France uh, like that's what they got after World War One. after like the Ottoman true. Empire fell they kind of like dithied up that little bit and i think france got syria i think we got 
like Israel, Palestine, Iraq, stuff like that. Well, it's funny because you guys end up kicking them out of Syria anyways um, shortly after this because <laughs> Jesus. when they go to Syria, when, when Charles does, they set up a base and it results in like the people there having like a meltdown of like, you're not going to come take us over. What the fuck? And so they fight back and Charles and his men kill 800 Syrians during Ugh. this time. And Churchill's like, dude, Charles, you have to cease fire immediately. What are you doing? And Charles is like, what's up? I'm not going to cease fire. This is my base. This is where we're at. And so Winston Churchill's like, all right, dude, I'm going to come down there and we're going to remove you by force. And if you don't, and he does, he sends men down. Wow. So the British military goes in and it's it's peaceful, at least amongst them. They're not fighting each other, but they force them out. They're like, leave, get out. Like, get the fuck out. We are quite good at just walking into a country and going, I do believe this is ours now. <laughs> you please leave. Yeah, that happens a lot in history. That's true. <laughs> quite true. Yeah. We just. <laughs> stop all your fighting. Stop all your fighting. This is just ours now. If you could stop all your fighting. Uh, please, please, please stop. Uh, this is ours now. Uh, we need a tea. <laughs> we need a bunch of tea fields right over here. <laughs> A mansion for me. We need tea and football players. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we actually just reported an episode about an African lady in Kenya. Oh, yeah? And we went into that whole thing, the English occupation of Kenya. Yeah. You guys just occupy. England does. They occupied <laughs> it. Especially, like, in the 1800s and 1900s. You guys had, like, half the world, it seems like. Like, just a lot of colonies. <laughs> what you gonna do? I don't know why I'm laughing. It's just I'm just imagining a load of British people just going, uh, I do believe it's ours. If you could just give us your country, that'd be great. <laughs> it's oh. awfully hot here. Did you turn it down a bit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love England. So. You would. I do. I love, them so I love much. their imperialism. You love, you love imperialism. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> fuck, fuck them. Oh, well. They're brown anyway. Who gives a shit? So at this point, Churchill and... Uh, they, they're not getting along anymore, Churchill and Charles. Churchill even said, like, I think Charles might have been a, a mistake. And I think a, he might be the worst enemy for France. That's a theme for him. Yeah. Pushes people away. Yeah. And so he tells, he kind of goes out on record saying that he's like, he might endanger the peace that's going on in Europe now. Um, yeah. I think he's also a danger to Britain. So everyone, just keep your eye out on that. <laughs> yeah, he's a little creepy. Yeah. The French government is finally established after many people voted. And Charles is unanimously elected, so it looks like it's a party system done by a government. They fill in all these seats, they fill in all these government positions. I think they even get like a million people in the government, which I don't know if that's fucking weird or not. I don't know how many people are in the government. Maybe that includes like all small, tiny people that are all like, administrative I don't know. work and shit. But so they, they end up putting in a voting system. Charles is unanimously elected as the head of government. However, Ooh. only after uh, two months... He resigns. And the reason why is because Charles is very against communism. Like, he thinks it should be completely sucked out. I agree with him. And because they were going to allow there to be communist parties and to have actual positions in the cabinets, he uh, was like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to work under a system that's going to hold me down to communism ideas. And so he, he just left. He's like, fuck that then. Isn't that the opposite of what he was doing before, though? Like, hmm. he sees opposition, doesn't he just clamp down and be like no yeah i'm not sure why he was in like left one of the best positions possible to do stuff i think there was other political frustrations that he had for sure but i think also he felt like he couldn't do just like in every other scenario in his life he has this idea of how he's going to fix and solve everything and he's got the tactics in his head and his way's the best and if you even disagree with like one percent of what it is he's like fuck you 
my way's better. Just everyone just get behind me and we're going to do fine. Idiots. And in this case, it's not 1%. It's like, you know, a, a large majority of what he wants to do, he can't do. And communism is a political party there at yeah. the time? And they have, like, political, like, runners and stuff and cabinets they can hold. Crazy. Yeah. So after he does that, he's like, I know, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to create my own party called the right wing rally of the French people. <laughs> I'm going to have my own party. And then once we get big enough, I'm going to start trying to change bills and laws to make it so how our government works will be more like how I want to. And then I'll run back for president again. Totally going to work, buddy. And he thought because he was such a great world, uh, war hero in his mind and that the people were going to get behind him that that was going to work. It does not. No. It doesn't work. You know what, you know what that reminds me of? Hmm. Lord Randolph Churchill. Remember that? His dad? Churchill's dad? Churchill's dad, yeah. Yeah. He was like, people really like me. So he went in and gave him like an ultimatum. Like, either I quit or you do it my way. And he's like smiling and they're like, okay, quit then. Take he's like, the fuck out, oh man. shit. <laughs> That's kind of what he did here. He's like, I'm going to go in here. People are going to be behind me and I'm going to do it. And if not, then I, I won't have that position anymore. So these are guys who, when they wake up in the morning, they look in the mirror all desperate like... I can do this. I am number one. People like me. People love me. I am strong. Yeah. And then they go home and they just sob into a pillow. Yeah. Well, after a few years of his party not getting popular enough to really do what he wanted to do, he leaves the party and politics behind and retires. So he wants to go in and write some memoirs. And a decade later, a decade goes by, he's just putting around. Wow. Yeah. So in 1958, a crisis in Algeria brings him back into politics. No! The Algerian Nation Liberation Front was waging war for independence. So this is northern Africa. They're being controlled by France right now. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we want our own freedom. We don't want to be part of you people. We want, we want to be our own people. Part of the whole kick the imperialists out movement. Yeah. Yes. And so what happens is the French people actually end up voting to have uh, Charles be the president so president he goes and runs and the people are like yeah you're good at squashing this kind of shit like go fix that problem he needs you to yell at some people yeah so he does he becomes president again and he runs down there with brutal force and just basically attacking people and that does not work out it gets um, much higher resistance um being like yeah no now we definitely want to be our own people like fuck you guys what the fuck? So, and they kill tons of rebels and stuff. It's pretty terrible. He gets a lot of flack from other nations. Robot you know, fighting. Robot wars. Yeah. Kill Africa. Yeah, and he did. He was sending them down there. He's like, let's go robot them to death. That's rude. It's a rude <laughs> thing to do, Charles. I'm going to go beep boop them, if you know what I mean. Imagine <laughs> Britain being just like, you're just too imperial, Charles. It's, uh, it's not good. <laughs> Never catch us doing that at all. It's not, it's not working out, buddy. Yeah. You can't beep boop everyone to death. I'm beep boop anyone I want. I'll beep boop you. If you just followed my tactics, everything would work just fine. If you would just shut up and listen, let me boop you. I'm gonna boop you. Boop. Stop it. Yeah, and so because he gets so much pressure from other nations like England and America and pretty much the whole world, even his own country started to be like, okay, maybe this wasn't the best way to go about this. Maybe this guy's crazy. He decides to grant Algeria its independence. As a matter of fact, all 13 of the colonies that they had down in Africa, he's like, all right, you guys are all your own people, fine. Fuck you guys. <laughs> That's fucking weird. <laughs> they basically went down there and kill, 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 kill. Oh, they don't like it. Oh, fuck it, you'd be independent. <laughs> exactly. What the fuck is that? I'm going to give you your independence after I kill a bunch of you first. <laughs> Don't fire back. Don't. 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 Okay, you're free. Uh, yeah. Okay. So while President Charles put forth... Such forward... violence. <laughs> My goodness. 
He's just like stomping on someone's head. He's like, this isn't good? You guys don't like this? This is bad. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. You guys can have your freedom. Sorry about your head. Nah, I'm gonna go. Just to clarify, what about this don't you like? Is it the head stamping? <laughs> is it, is it the, the swearing that I'm saying when I do it? The boots? You <laughs> stupid bitch. Is it my clothes? Is it my clothes or the genocide? Clothes or genocide? Oh, it's both, isn't it? Is it clothes? Oh, it's both. Ah, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. The clothes are okay, though, right? Okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go home. Uh, go ahead and Africa yourselves. Africa. Yep. There you go. So Africa, those northern uh, colonies got their freedom. Uh, I'm a, I'm a war hero. I'm amazing. I'm your king. Uh, goodbye forever. Yeah. And, and while, <laughs> while President Charles put forth an action to develop nuclear power as well, but he becomes, you know, France becomes the world's fourth nuclear power. Ah. Thank you, Rosenberg spies, you fuckers. Scary. <laughs> but three years later, 1963, Charles refused to sign the Partial Test Ban Treaty, which is a treaty for nuclear um, weapons being used to be, like, you can't do it out in the atmosphere or in space oh, yeah, we or talked, underwater. We talked about that in Ike, uh, with Ike, yeah. I believe, where it was, they were just... The four or five countries that had them were just... I was going to say, it's weird because this is one of the ones that didn't sign. They didn't super know how much cancer they were creating, but they were like, this probably can't be great. Yeah. So everyone was like, we'll stop. But like the two weeks prior to the contract kicking in, the whole world just... Yeah, everyone blew up like crazy. Bananas. It doesn't make sense. What but a, What a silly species we are. But yeah, most countries did sign. Um, France is one of the ones that... Under his rule, under Fuck Charles, you. he was like, nah, don't care. It is weird, though, that Charles apparently, like, his people must have really liked him because he was reelected for a second term. And they're like seven-year terms. Yeah. So amongst his own people, he's Seven definitely, years? Yeah, each term is a seven-year term. It's too long. So he's 14 years is how long he's president for. So, I mean, even though he kind of went and did this thing down in Algeria, they're like, eh. Okay, he made a mistake. We'll, we love the genocide. Please uh, provide more genocide. We love it. Yeah. Yes, please. And cheese. And cheese. <laughs> genocide and croissant. Oh. <laughs> croissant. It reminds me of that SpongeBob guy's voice. Later that day. I can't do it, though. No, it's three, three weeks <laughs> Five later. Five days later. Three weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> so um, at the age of 78, Charles resigns, and he spent time just updating his memoirs. I'm the greatest. I'm yeah. so cool. And he eventually dies suddenly on November 9th, 1970. It was either from a ruptured blood vessel or a heart attack. I guess they weren't sure. That's 1970, a, dude. That's a long run. Yeah. So, yeah, he was 78 years old. When they announced the news on Charles's death, they stated, Charles is dead. France is a widow. The funeral for Charles was the largest in French history at that point, wow. and today he ranks next to Napoleon as among the greatest leaders of France. A lot of people like to attribute the fact oh, wow. that he pushed out German when they first tried to enter in, and he really was one of the only successful battles that happened for the most part when Germany and, and Italy were invading. Yeah. And he was also the person who was like, keep on fighting, let's do this. And then when he came back and created his own military, pushed it up to try to help uh, the allies in France. Like, Jesus. Turns out he does a lot. I know I kind of shit on him a bunch throughout the episode. We always do that. But, but we encapsulate the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, he's... An accomplished... He's like the only French person that was like, never surrender. Yeah. The single one. The one. It, like, probably really. Yeah. It, it, definitely in the leadership. At least in modern times. Joan of Arc seems like she was pretty cool. Yeah. She's a little older, though. So it's just her and him. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, her, him, and uh, Napoleon. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a bunch of fucking idiots. Well, and he became the president after he was a military guy. 
twice technically, even though one of them was only for a couple of months. Yeah, and however futile most of the things he did. Yeah. Which is the ultimate story. Now, and I don't agree with... He tried. <laughs> he tried. Uh, <laughs> he tried to force other people to do everything exactly how he wanted to. That's his to. D plus score. So I officially give his life a D. D minus. I give him a eh, good enough. Yeah, good enough, Charles. But uh, I don't agree with most of the stuff Charles did or said, or maybe at least some of the stuff. I like but... the no communist stuff. Yeah. I'll give him that. But the one thing that I will always infinitely agree with him, mm. he is quoted saying, the better I get to know men, the more I find myself loving dogs. And I'm like, I couldn't agree more. Fuck yes. <laughs> well, there's Charles de Gaulle. I get that the, tattoo the gal, face. The girl. The I really love that. Well done. I'm so happy that we had uh, Knackers in the Breeze with us on this episode. We fucking love you guys. And listen to your podcast all the time. I recommend it constantly. Check it out. And I recommend it on this show that if you want to go listen to two hilarious Brits talk about funny-ass shit to get philosophically enlightened. You cheeky perverts. And send in your own <laughs> questions so that way they... Yeah. If you want to be on a podcast, send in a question. You'll hear your own voice come back sometimes if yeah. you give them a voice note. And if you want to hear people time on uh, our podcast, I think it's episode 29, people were in it, uh, people time were a guest on our podcast for the Halloween episode. Yeah. Woo. Quite spooky. Involved a quiz by my girlfriend, Emily. Who is lovely, by the way. Quite spooky. <laughs> you guys are so great. I just... Yeah. So, <laughs> Knackers people in the breeze time uh, is getting a little bit saucy and hot in here. So, please tune into more of the things that we do. Bolt, yeah, bolt. make sure you check out Knackers <laughs> in the breeze. Subscribe, comment, like, do all the stuff. It is a neat concept to be able to send in a voice recording and, and, and interact with the show. If you have any hypothetical questions or any sort of city questions that you want us to answer, then just send a voice recording or even just send uh just a message to us at knackers in the breeze at gmail.com or on our instagram knackers in the breeze podcast and we'll play your recording on air and we'll give it so much attention even if it's a very silly one and we'll yeah. answer it completely and we have a great time doing it we have a a, a good old giggle a good old giggle and uh it's, it's yeah one of my favorite things to do the sillier the better and we'll definitely get people time back on there it was uh it was great having you guys on and i laugh my ass off already <laughs> Well, good. We're, we're so happy to have you guys on, too, as well. Right, right. Thanks for tuning in to People Time. Make sure to History. Uh, check out our next episode. Subscribe, and we have an email, I think. Woo! Hey, thanks again for listening to one of our podcasts. Be sure to catch our next one that's coming out. Thank you. People Time! People Time. Hey, click on the next one and subscribe, bitch. <laughs> and this is what Hitler did. If you agree with what Hitler did, Barry, just remain silent. <laughs>